Recorded live. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to um, Talk Shoe tonight. Uh, today is September the 3rd, 2015. It is now 8.01 p.m. And um, sorry that several of our guests will not be on tonight. So it is going to be me and Boomer. Boomer, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. So it looks like me and you, Boomer. Um, Southern Command may be on tonight. Uh, He was having a lot of phone difficulties this week uh, with interceptions, and we don't know where they're coming from, but it actually... uh, has been very difficult for him to communicate with anybody uh, due to the static sounds going through the phone. So with that, um, anything you want to share with us tonight, Boomer? Uh, yeah, I was a couple of things I had uh, heard and I had told um, Southern about something earlier. Okay. Uh, it was about a, a story reportedly that uh, out in Palm Springs there was a um, – there. Had, Went and looked at some, wanting to know some information about the city, and uh, I don't know what they were um, wanting to know about some records or for just whatever. It was just something that was on a website. Was all. As much as uh, I can records say. of what kind? Well, I don't know. I, I was talking to um, Southern about this. He, Southern possibly could elaborate on that more than I can. Oh, and he's not on at the moment, but I'm sure he'll be on shortly uh, once he figures out that some of the others weren't going to be on tonight. Uh, He's trying to get his phone to work right, and um, he's been having some trouble. But um, I want to welcome the guests, and I know uh, it's kind of weird that I'm doing the opening for the show. I'm not used to really – I like doing the show, but, you know, I like when people come in and do an opening. Are you there, Southern? No, I guess not. Um, the only thing I could think of that's happened is uh, I know that maybe you are aware that supposedly they claim that NASA fired a rocket into space carrying some type of military cargo, and it was seen by my children down in the deep south of Florida near Miami. And um, it was witnessed all across Florida from uh, Cape Canaveral all the way down to, uh, like I said, near the Keys. Uh, People saw this huge ball of light shooting through the sky at 6 a.m. One of my kids was getting ready to go to work, and they spotted it. And the claim is that it was NASA carrying some type of uh, military equipment. It was on the radio show. And... Um, all of a sudden, uh, I was talking to Southern about this, and I see an article pop up with the story at 6 p.m. in the evening uh, stating that NASA was carrying some type of satellite out into outer space uh, using this rocket. And I'm like, well, why are they reporting this an hour uh, at, at 6 p.m.? Like, it happened at 6 o'clock in the morning. Don't they usually make an announcement when they're going to do this uh, type of um, endeavor early? Before it even happens, they usually give an alert out a couple of days before it happens. Uh, we have some friends that live out near um, Cape Canaveral, 
which is near Titusville, and, and they didn't feel anything. They say usually when NASA is firing a rocket out in the outer space, they can feel their whole entire house rumbling and shaking from the, you know, from the uh, rocket launcher or the launch pad all the way down to uh, their, their property, which is not even a mile away. Several miles, you know, from where you're going to enter into the uh, Cape Canaveral Space Center. You know, I can't remember the entire layout, but then there's uh, residential down there, and I've been through there through US-1. And so basically that was something odd that they reported it like 12 hours later. And um, another thing that we caught is uh, based on where <clears throat> my children live, which is down south, that the city reported that if they started hearing these weird sounds and booms and crashes and explosions, that it was that they were working at the uh, Air Force Base, and that's where these sounds would be emanating from. So I found that kind of weird, too, is that they're claiming to be doing this heavy construction, I guess, over there. And they don't really explain to you, you know, what they're doing. It just says that they are. So um, I don't know. Is there anybody that's not muted out that has, like, an announcement for their area? Okay, well, I guess not. Um, tonight I wanted to talk a little bit about domicile, residency, and uh, occupancy and transience. And the reason why I've been really into this lately because, as you know, I posted on the wall the other day that the only way you're going to um, begin this process of getting away from what this government has become, which is a giant octopus uh, consuming everything in its, uh, that it gets a hold of through its tentacles, is you're going to have to slowly let go of everything that you've acquired because everything that you have in your possession belongs to them. So uh, I did post on the wall the other day that, um, you, you know, you're going to have to give back your voter's registration. You know, it's up to you. I'm not saying you have to. Let me not even say you have to. It is recommended that you do it. Why? Because when you um, choose to vote, you're claiming residency in the area. You're claiming that you're domiciled there, and that's going to be your permanent place of residency. And for some, it might be true. Uh, you might have a house that you've been sitting in there for a very long time, and you know, you're saying, well, I, I am domiciled here. This is my residence. I've been in this house for 20 years, or it's been in my family for so long, and, and I want to claim myself as a resident. But... Politically speaking, you're not obligated to uh, domicile anywhere. You know, that is something else that is based on your will. If you want to contract politically with the government, then you can domicile and, you know, register to vote. Just like you register your children when they're born, you give it to the government. Or you register them for school. So today I was getting ready to renew my lease. You know, I decided not to move, so I had to renew my lease where I was at. I was going to leave and just figured I didn't feel like moving, so I decided to stay. And I went to do the contract, and I don't want to be a resident. I'm a non-resident. I'm not planning on staying here. 
I'm not planning on making this my permanent home, so I put on my paperwork that I was an occupant. And I realized that <laughs> the leaser, the leasing office, they lease something to you. That means you're going to use it. doesn't mean that you're a resident. She says, you can't put occupants. I said, why? She said, only children of the age of 18 and under are occupants. She said, anyone 18 and over is a resident. I said, I'm not a resident. I'm not permanently residing here. I'm just leasing. That means I'm borrowing this, this place here. I'm not here to stay permanently. Oh, well, the contractors, you know, um, they want you, you know, if they do your paperwork, they're going to deem you a resident. I said, you can do whatever you want to. My paperwork says right next to this name here that I'm just occupying it since it's just a lease. And the word lease means to borrow. And we were going to do this little merry-go-round thing as we usually do. And I said, listen, she said to make it legal. And I said, legally, you are wrong. And legally, that is not correct either. I said, you know what? To lease something means you're borrowing it. You have to give it back. And so I said, look up the definition of you think that that's what it means, that I'm a resident here, then show me because that's not what it means. But I realized something else as I was telling Southern Command about children. You know, when the children are born, because you don't tell the government, which would probably be the Secretary of State of the County, that the children are with you, they're deemed as lost, lost property. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's why she said that the children 18 and under are deemed as occupants and not residents. They're not recognized by anybody because they're just occupying space with no one, with no claim, actually. So what do they do when you're between the age of five and seven? They collapse your trust. That's the first trust that they collapse because they say that they can't find you. You're not domiciled anywhere. You're not a resident anywhere, so they say that they can't find the children because they're not looking for them. They, you know, when you leave, they'll say at the hospital, these children went to stay with, and they put the mom and dad's name, and who, who live at, they'll give you the address that you give them and say you move away. And after you move away, they're not going to send you a letter stating that you needed to where your children are. Now they claim full rights and authority over them because we have these missing pieces of property that are occupying somewhere um, around the state, but we don't know where. They just know that the children uh, were expelled within somewhere in the land of the state, but they don't know where they're at. So that was something I wanted the people to take notice of is that if you're doing a lease, you know, you would if you're not planning on becoming a resident, then you need to put yourself next to your name, besides your name that that um, you know, you put in there as your all capital name by your lowercase name, um, and then you put uh, live or you can put occupant, but you're not you're not really a resident if you're renting something. You're just borrowing it. So, you know, you, you, you have to learn to choose your words carefully because the, the courts, they want to domicile you. And when they domicile you to that region, they're going to subject you to the rules and regulations of that um, boundary line, which they really don't have any authority outside that courthouse. 
But because they have these police officers, you know, operating under a private capacity, um, one one of my neighbors came over today and he said, that he heard because uh, one of my neighbors was assaulted by some officers the other day, and they didn't take him to jail or anything, but they did assault him, but he did not leave his vehicle. They tried to drag him out of his vehicle and everything, and he said, I'm not leaving my vehicle. This is, I'm, I'm in fear for my life, and I want you to get away and step away from my vehicle, and he held on to the steering wheel, and then, you know, he they leave. But he also heard another officer state, uh, probably yesterday or today, that the officer said he wanted to provide an individual some service. And as we know, that is the whole idea of the officer trying to contract with you. The officer actually stated this time that he was trying to provide service. And he caught that because, you know, I've been teaching these key words to the people Listen, they're trying to contract with you so that they can have a reason why uh, they have to bill you because we are a bankrupt state. And if they can't provide a service to you, then they can't get paid. They can't charge you for services not rendered. But they're trying to do it without rendering you services. And another thing is that they're trying to brutally render, you know, give pretend that they're providing you services by force, and that isn't a service, that's an assault. So, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, you have to protect your rights and, you know, ensure that these officers, when they're coming by you, um, as Trial was saying on there, you accept their, um, you know, offer. You have to do an, an acceptance of offer to let them know, you know, under your oath, I accept your offer because, you want to provide me services, um, I accept it because you can uh, then get their bond and their um, uh, licensing information later, their badge. And actually, when they want you to do something, you have to tell them, is this an order? You know, you're taking their order. Uh, you're not supposed to be uh, uh, doing what they tell you. You take their order, then you have to charge them. You have to counterclaim and charge them for the services you are providing for them, especially if they're pulling you over on your time and not on company time when you're working for a company uh, that they pull people over. I guess they bill the corporations, but um, uh, people will say, well, what do I do with my license? You know, I have a license. Well, there's nothing that mandates that you have a license either. You just have to have an ID and you could get a passport. You know, it doesn't have to be a license. You know, I heard the the officer stating the other day, can I see your license and registration? So I said, you mean you want to see an ID and a registration and insurance for the vehicle? Oh, yes, an ID. They first said license and then uh, then they said identification. And when you give them a passport and uh then they look it up. They can't make you give them another form of ID. You just have to give them some identification. So does anybody have any questions? Okay, I'll keep going then. All right. So uh, we were talking about domicile. And, okay, so 
any man who knows his place here in this world would know that you're a transient. Transient means that you are here temporarily. You're not going to be here forever. You know, domicile means you're planning on being here um, as a long-time resident for a long time, maybe 20, 30 years, but you're not, you're still not here forever. And those people who live on this planet know that your time here is not forever. It's temporary. It's temporal. You have a temporal, you ever hear them say at the uh, Vatican that they have temporal power because it's temporary. It's not forever. And the sad part is that while we men and women reside here on the planet, you, you forget that you do have temporal power as well. You have your own power to make decisions and uh, know whether you want to contract or not contract with people who approach you, you know. So I did tell you um, that child is deemed an occupant and that he and she is lost after that birth because you, you have to give notice. You either give notice to the hospital or the Secretary of State, or you give it to the county stating the child is not lost, he's um, in your possession, and, you know, you say you, you take all rights um, of this child into your possession. Actually, you're supposed to do like a power of attorney over that child until they turn uh, of legal age. Of age, you don't even say legal age. Say until that child reaches the age of majority. Because you don't really know when that child is going to reach the age of majority. Okay. Um, the next thing is, okay. Let's see. Uh, and I talked about the collapsing of the trust because the courts will claim that they can't find the movable property. And that movable property is you. You're, you're, you're constantly moving. You're actually what we call in the courtroom, they call you the moving party, you know, because you're always on the move. You're not, you're not stationed and situated. They'll say like, oh, you ran the stop sign. You're supposed to stay there. Um, you're always moving. You're a verb. You're not a noun. You're not a person, place, or thing. You're a verb. You're constantly in motion. That's why when, when the um, attorney says, oh, I motion this court to do this or that, they're asking the court to move in their actions against you, you know. So uh, basically, let me see here. I want to start off with, hold on here. I wanted to see, I think I'm going to go with, okay, here it is. How the corrupt government kidnaps your identity and your domicile and moves it to the federal zone or interferes with your choice of domicile, okay? Okay, based on the foregoing discussion, it ought to be obvious that the government doesn't want you to know any of the following facts, okay? Number one, that all civil jurisdiction originates from your choice of domicile. Number two, that all income taxation is a civil liability that originates from your choice of domicile. That domicile requires your consent and is the equivalent of your consent to be civilly governed as required by the Declaration of Independence. And in the Declaration of Independence, it does say that, you know, that you are independent, except for those, it says at the bottom, who wish to be, give consent. It says except for those who consent to be governed. There is an exception 
in the um, Declaration of Independence that says that. If you consent to be governed, then, then you can't complain because they're doing all these things to you. You know, and it talks about, um, uh, you know, other stuff, too, in here about when you give your consent, uh, that because they need your consent to choose a domicile, they can't tax or even govern you civilly without your consent. That domicile is based on the coincidence of physical presence and intent, consent to permanently remain in a place. That unless you choose a domicile within the jurisdiction of the government that has general jurisdiction where they where you live, they have no authority to institute income taxation upon you. That no one can determine your domicile except you. And they will try because what they do is, like I was saying before, the lease. When you have the lease agreement, if you read it carefully, it says resident. They put it on the paper. You don't even realize you're signing the paper. That's why I was looking over them real carefully, and I said, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to be a resident. I'm a non-resident, and I wrote occupant. So that if you don't want the protection of government, you can fire them and handle your own protection by changing your domicile to a different place or group or government or choosing no domicile at all. This then relieves you of an obligation to pay income taxes to support the protection that you no longer want or need. So you don't want to pay taxes, you don't domicile. You don't claim residency. You don't say that you belong to a certain group. You don't pledge allegiance. You don't become a part of an association of people that govern you, like living in a homeowner's association place, like a lot of people do. They move into a place, and it'll have a homeowner's association attached to it, and then they're miserable because uh, it'll say, uh, you can't paint your house. This color, that. And the government tries to install these associations, sometimes without your knowledge, to try to take over that land and really get a tight grip around you. They'll start up an association surrounding a certain group of properties without your knowledge or consent, and then claim that they're a homeowner's association. That's really the government. If you go in there and you look at some of these apartment units that you're renting from, it'll, um, they give you that application for I just looked at the one for this place where I'm at, and it talks about it's run by legislation. And I'm thinking, here it is, the government trying to still have control by making these apartment complexes community controlled by them as well. Mm. And I'm like, the lady told me the other day before I, you know, uh, renew my lease, she said, I need to check your apartment. I said, uh, I don't live in a Section 8. Why would you want to look at my apartment? Oh, well, we got to check the smoke detectors or something. So when the man came, she looked at me like I was nuts. I told her, let me see your ID, sir. She looks at him. She goes, that's the owner. I said, can I see your ID, sir? 
before you step into my property right here where I'm renting, I need to see an identification. And he gave it to me gladly. He just pulled out his license. He was, he was, that he's the owner of the buildings and he just wanted to check the smoke detectors. That's fine. But I don't want you coming out here with a contractor's license or a government license or a DC. I don't care who you are. You have, they have common ground here. You can walk anywhere you want to, but the moment that I leave this little piece right here where I stand, I control what goes on on the inside, I told her. Oh, yeah, but we gave you 24 hours. I go, she said, you signed it on the lease. I said, yeah, and you better go look at it. I didn't sign it the way you think I signed it. I signed it reserving my rights. So that's how I signed my lease. I put the all uppercase name, then I write by, and then I comma and I wrote occupant. I'm only occupying it. I'm not going to be a permanent resident here. So, Mr. Government, you know, you can't just come around here trying to hand us a ticket. No, thank you. I didn't ask you for services, and I don't need your services. When I need them, I will call you. Um, okay. A number of irreconcilable conflicts of law are created by compelling everyone to have either a specific domicile or an earthly domicile. For instance, if the First Amendment gives us a right to freely associate and also implies a right to disassociate, how can we be compelled to associate with a state or the people in the locality where we live without violating the First Amendment? It may not be presumed that we moved to a place because we wanted to associate with people there. Remember the presumptions of laws that these attorneys use against you? They're trying to presume that just because you moved here or you're sitting here in this little unit here that I want to be a part of this community or an association. No. Maybe I chose this place to rest my head for a a year or six months or four months. It doesn't mean I'm going to stay here forever. Domicile creates a duty of allegiance. According to the site above, the allegiance, all allegiance must be voluntary. How can the state compel allegiance by compelling a person to have or choose an earthly domicile? What gives them the right to insist that only legitimate type of domicile is associated with a government? Why can't it be a church or a religious group or simply an association of people who want to have their own police force? or protection service separate from the state. Since the only product that government delivers is protection, why can't people have the right to fire the government and provide their own protection with tax money? They would have paid the government. Instead of you paying the tax to the government, who says later that they don't owe you no protection. Remember that. They say that. We don't owe you no protection. And here's a good example here. In Michigan, they had the water shut down, I think, for quite a while. I would say about a good six months, they didn't have any water for the public, right? But I had a friend who told me that his sister kept getting a water bill, even though they had no water. And she was told 
that if she didn't pay the bill, that when they returned, when they restored the water, she wasn't going to have her uh, uh, water restored because she didn't pay those months that they were billing her for no water. So what is that telling you, people? That they are <clears throat> taxing you. That's not that water bill is not real. They're taxing you for that water. That's why they're telling her uh, that you um, you have to uh, pay the bill even though you don't have any water, and they shut it down. See, they're the ones who shut the water power off, so you still have to pay it. Otherwise, when it returns or gets restored, you're not going to have any water then either. Then what would they be claiming if they did that? That they own the water, okay? That flows through your pipes. As I say, if you don't provide the service, you don't get the tax money. See, here's the thing. They get entitlement. And then you're paying the taxes for the entitlement that the state receives. And what they're claiming is if you don't pay those taxes, when it, when they, they could take that away from you people. They could take your utilities away. They can take your right to have water. And they're saying you still have to pay the taxes whether or not you have the service. Any dollar that comes out of your pocket that you pay out of your pocket, it's a tax. It's not for ownership. When one chooses a domicile, they create a legal or contractual obligation to support a specific government based on choosing a domicile. By compelling everyone to choose an earthly domicile whose object is a specific government or state, isn't the state interfering with our right to contract by compelling us to contract with a specific government for our protection? The Constitution, Article 1, Section 10 says, no state shall make any law impairing the obligation of contract. Implicit in this right to contract is a right not to contract. Every right implies the opposite right. Therefore, how can anyone be compelled to have a domicile without violating their right to contract? The U.S. Supreme Court also held that income taxation based on domicile is a is quasi-contractual in nature. So if you choose a domicile, then they have what they would call, I guess, quasi-in-rem uh, jurisdiction over you because you choose you chose a place. And domicile <clears throat> meaning you chose to vote there. You're going to register to vote. So um, let me see what's the next page here. Um Still, the obligation to pay taxes is not penal. It is a statutory liability, quasi-contractual in nature, enforceable if there is no exclusive statutory remedy in the civil courts by the common law action of debt or indebtedness, assumpted, which is an assumption. And that's in the United States versus Chamberlain, 219, USC 250. Um, and there's a lot of other laws in there that support that. And it says, 
<clears throat> the quasi contract they are referring to is your voluntary choice of domicile. How can they compel such a contract if the person who is the object of the compulsion refuses to do business with the state and also refuses to avail themselves of any of the benefits of membership in said state? Wouldn't that mean amount to slavery and voluntary servitude and violate the 13th Amendment, prohibition against involuntary servitude, which it is? They're telling you you have to do it this way, right? Then they're obligating you to, you know, involuntary servitude and slavery, which is the reason why many people here are, you know, suffering the consequence of these actions because if you look really carefully, you know, I tell people, you know, even today, because I had to learn it too, uh, when you buy something, like a new car or whatever, there's a contract. And that contract has like 100 pages to it. All you have to do is make one change to it and they'll tear up the whole contract and start all over again because it has to be their contract. It can't be a contract between you and them. It's just you signing over your your entire life to them. And the contract, all it is, is a a contract, nudium factum, where you are the only person on the contract and you're just pledging and promising them the world. And you promise them every every loophole possible for them to take away from you all that you put into something that you work for, which is your cars or your homes, your boats, um, you know. And same thing with the license. You're getting a license. Yes, you're buying protection, okay? This is what it is. You're buying protection. But let's just say you get insurance on your car, Okay. So if another man comes and they hit you, okay, in your car, and they don't have any documents, because this happened to one of my kids, and they were illegal. They said they were illegal aliens. Well, guess what? They didn't, not only did they not go to jail, they didn't pay for the damages. Because the law says, oh, well, you need to have insurance. So if someone hits your car, you're gonna, your own insurance covers you and your family, right, and the damages if the other person cannot cover the damages. And they usually also only cover uh, uh, not only you, but you got to pay a, a, a fee, $500 deduction or whatever on the fee. But that other person doesn't, nothing happens. Either they go to jail or drinking or driving or they get a ticket or a fine from the city, but they don't have no insurance. You will have to sue them and do all kinds of stuff. See if they have insurance. Just hire a lawyer. Do this and that. And is it worth it? Have your own insurance. What I'm saying is that everything that you purchase only for your own liability, if somebody hits you, they don't go after their insurance first. Let me let me assure you, they're going to go after your own insurance first. Not the other person. Not the other individual. Not the other life force that smashed into you. It's you. They, they go after And then who gets the negative on the insurance? You do. They raise the insurance rate 
get into two or three accidents, they start raising the premiums, even though they know you're not the cause of the accident. Someone can hit you and break every bone in your body, and who gets the penalty? You do. Okay. Just showing you how they go into your own bond account, and the insurance company is the middleman, okay? They're going in. You're going to give them all of this insurance money, and they invest it. They make lots of money from you. Then they go back into your bond account later and pay you back when you have an accident. Okay? Um, let me let me get in here where it says, okay. Uh, I was trying to find here. Okay. We're going to go into California, okay, about you electing and, you know, signing up to vote and stuff. But the California Election Code, Section 349, further clarifies the distinction between domicile and residence as follows. This is the California Code. You can find your own codes for your state if you go into the uh, Board of Elections supervisor, supervisor of elections in your county. The California Code states A, under 349, residence for voting purposes means a person's domicile, okay? To say that you're a resident for voting purposes, it means where you're domiciled. So once you pick a domicile, you you not only picked a political affiliation, but you're now a resident and domiciled there. B, the domicile of a person is that place in which his or her habitation is fixed, wherein the person has the intention of remaining, and so which whenever he or she is absent, the person has the intention of returning. As a given, at a given time, a person may have only one domicile. So you, you're only allowed one, okay? Now I know why they hate when people go around, you know, I don't know if you guys recall this in a time backwards. I don't know if they still exist today. I think they have a little show, too. You know, they always say, oh, we hate when the gypsies come into town. And I've heard this many times when I was young, and I'm like, why, why don't you like the gypsies? You know, what is a gypsy? Oh, they're travelers. They're nomads. They don't, they don't belong to any one particular place. They're always on the move. And you know who can compare to that, people? Migrant workers. Uh, it'll, it'll ask a specific question of the Latin people. When they're applying for a benefit, it asks, are you a migrant worker? Do you move around every six months? And um, I w- I'd always wonder why they'd ask that question. You know, why do you ask these people if they're migrants? You know, it's kind of like insulting. But they do. They'll ask the people, are you a migrant worker? Uh, do you travel because you are, um, you know, working on a farm or are you working in a field or do you have a, a occupation that requires you're traveling all over the place? Okay. So here's C. The residence of a person is that place in which the person's habitation is fixed for some period of time but wherein he or she does not have the intention of remaining. At a given time, a person may have more than one residence now. You can be a resident of several places, but domicile, it's only for voting purposes 
it means a person's domicile. So when you go and you register to vote, that is your domicile. And they trick you into thinking uh, that this is something you, you know, like they, how do they do it? Well, think about this, people. They give you a residential lease, a resident utility. It even asks you, uh, the utility, right? Is it for business or residential? If you have a trust account, people, and you've already started your pure private equitable trust, then it's for business purposes. It's for your family business. It's not for residential. What kind of business? A private family business trust. That means no one has access to that trust. So that's why you get a private trust. Why did I tell you to remove your name from the voting logs? Well, when you're politically affiliated, then you get thrown right back into the federal zone. You become federal citizens and not state citizens. They try to trick you into uh, everything that goes wrong. You don't have to go to Washington, Washington, D.C. Just look right over there to your county commissioners and the county itself and all of their little outreach programs that they're not really outreach programs, people. These, these little programs that they put in your community and declaring uh, democracy is here to help you. No, it isn't. You know what it's there for? It's to spy on you. You ever seen these little programs that they'll say, uh, we're here to gather up and uh, get information about your family? And I don't know if you've ever participated in something like this, but, but I have been uh, a, a person over these programs uh, where they say to the people, and I'm going to give you an example of how they do this, how they trick you into getting your information. Yeah, program, you see like Toys for Tots, or you're going to see um, programs where they give out Christmas toys to migrant workers. They give out um, uh, Thanksgiving baskets, right? And, and you're thinking, um, oh, look, the community. Look at the counties come together. And you know what? We have another program, too, Feed the Homeless. I used to be a really big participant in that. Every year, me and my daughters would go and we'd feed the homeless. I did it for, I think, 13 years. And what do they do when they're going to feed the homeless people? They get your information. What is your name? Uh, can you give me, like, a locale where you're staying at? Oh, under this bridge? Okay. Um, what is your first name and last name? Okay. You know what happens a week later? See, I didn't know this until later. When I started working deep in the city of Miami, there would be people under the bridge and stuff. Then the police come in there with their batons, smash up their cardboard houses, beat the crap out of them, and tell them, you're going to go into a shelter whether you like it or not. You're not going to be out here, right? And you thought that they were doing this so they can get them off the street because they're an eyesore to the community because they're sleeping in these cardboard boxes, right? Well, at 7 o'clock, that's their bedtime. So tell me that this isn't what you guys would call community control. They had to be in at 7 o'clock, and then when they get out, um, they, they get kicked out at 7 o'clock in the morning. They give them breakfast, and they throw them back out in the street. And then at 7 o'clock again at night, it's time for bed. So you see, they don't have no freedom. They are bound to um, uh, these, these so-called protectors of society 
you know, they're out there to help them. You know what? If you really wanted to help them, why don't you build a building, right, with um, get some community service money and build them a building and uh, have them, you know, go in there and uh, have a nice garden. And like they do over here, you see we live in these apartments, nice community, and have them have their own little place. No, you don't want to do that. You want to give them a little cell, and there'll be four or five men in one room, or they'll put um, a prostitute or a hooker and a drug addict with a family, with a mom and her four kids, and then the next day it'd be robbed. And I'll t- I'm telling you the truth the way it is, because this is how it was. When I go in there and see the mom crying around, I go, what's wrong? Well, they put this woman in here, and she stole all of our bags, and she left. Early in the morning, she got up before they did and robbed the family, and I filed complaints. You know, why would you put someone of this characteristic with a family here that has children, you see, and they would rob them, and then they leave in the morning? We had this problem so much. Or, you know, there'd be pedophiles in there, and if the boy is 13 or over, he would have to go and decide where the men were, and then I would get these complaints the next day that they said that someone was a pedophile and trying to molest their 13-year-old, that you made us tell him that he has to sleep on the other side with the men because any boy 13 and over had to go on the other side. Now, let's get to, this is just some of the issues, and I'm going to tell you, the government, in all their brilliance, how they harm you in the community, okay? First of all, in democracy, that they gather your information using programs pretending to be of generosity. That's one way. The second way is they come out and they pretend to give you food baskets, clothing, and toys. And you know what they're really doing? I'll tell you what they're really doing. They're doing a head count, see, because those programs, they can't exist unless they serve so many clients per year. You have a number they have to serve. So they get all your data. And um, too bad, I wish Southern was here because he'd tell you about the homeless one where they pretend that they gave you a house and they get paid $18,000 a year for, for a home that you never received. But the children, they count all the children. They count the mom and dad. And you know what they do? They count your income. And they say, oh, I'm going to bring you like 10 toys uh, wrapped up in your favorite colors for your children for uh, Christmas gifts. Now we're going to bring you a food basket. But well, it'll be by a week later. Because if you are if you were a, an illegal alien, they're going to come and steal your kids. And then they're going to throw you off the land back to Mexico or Honduras or wherever. First they're going to throw you in jail and then they're going to take you away. Have I seen them do this? Yes, I have. And we would be so furious with them. We couldn't believe that this was the whole intent. Gather your information. Or let's say that you didn't have any food um, and you told them you don't have no food or whatever and you need assistance. Okay, they'll send DCF to your house a week after they give you that food basket and say, uh, we got a call stating that you guys didn't have anything to eat in your home or you needed beds. They're not there to help you. They came to take your kids away. And this is how they get the information, by you going in and volunteering to receive free toys, free gifts. Uh, when they, They'll come out in the name of charity. And they'll give you that charity, but they'll come back a week later and take all your kids away and destroy your family. 
This is the gift you get for domicile. And you get that domicile when you register to vote. So if you're tired of the government's way of butting into your life, and they're so big, because in democracy is what you call, they always say the elephant in the room, that's a hippopotamus and an elephant in the room. They just squeeze it to where you don't fit in your house anymore because every dollar you make is for them. That's why they can't, you can't have a house. 30% 30% over your budget because the other 70, I would say about the other 50% is going to go to them in taxes locally. And then the other 20 is for you to survive on paycheck to paycheck trying to put a, a few dollars of food on your table. Okay? Um, okay. Let's see what else I can give you here. Okay. The above definitions is consistent with the analysis earlier. Okay. But don't make the false assumption that the above definition apply with income tax codes, because they don't. Only statutory citizens who have a domicile within the forum can be the subject of the above statute relating to voting and elections, while the Internal Revenue Code, subtitle A, applies exclusively to privileged aliens who have a domicile or tax home on federal territory. Two completely different audiences of people for which the terms are not interchangeable. A resident in the IRC, IRC Internal Revenue Code, is the temporary abode of, of a privileged alien, while residence in the election code is the temporary abode of a non-privileged sovereign American national. Okay. The worst mistake that you can make as a person born in your country is to believe or think that laws written only for aliens or resident aliens apply to you. The only types of persons defined, uh, persons of the federal, let me get into 60 here, government can write laws for in a state of the union, in fact, our constitutional but not statutory aliens and not those born there. You know, and let me say down here, if you're born in the State of the Union and have a domicile there and not on federal territory, federal laws cannot and do not apply to you. The only exception is if you contract away your rights and sovereignty by pursuing a federal government benefit. Now, here's how you, how you lose your sovereignty. I'm sorry to tell you this, but if you get Social Security, Medicare, or you have a federal employment job, otherwise we the people are sovereign over their public servants. If you get any of these three things, and, and not only that, if you get welfare, food stamps, um, you're, you're subject to federal taxation. And what makes me mad is that yeah, I'll get the Social Security. But I worked for 30 years, and now you're telling me that I'm subject to your whims because you tricked us. And, and I will tell you that they did trick you because I called in one time when I was younger, much younger. I was like 27. And I've been working since I was 13 years old, okay? And here's what the government does that they don't tell you, okay? And I don't believe in that, what they're saying here, that you get Social Security and Medicare that you're subject to their taxation. Well, let me tell you this. Did you know that you cannot get out of it? 
You know, I asked them if they had a waiver one time. That I didn't want to be a part of their Medicare, and I didn't want to be a part of their Social Security program, that I wanted to invest my money privately with um, – I, I was going to hire this uh, – this association, I, I forgot what they're called, but they, they help your help you build like a nest egg. And I can't remember what they're, oh, like a financial advisor I had gotten with when I was young. I wanted to build a giant nest egg so that when I retired, I was going to have more than enough to support myself, okay? And I did prepare. I, I tell you, I did prepare. I did get some insurance and things like that. So I do live within my means, but I will tell you what. I even bought an extra insurance, and guess what they're doing? They're stealing every penny from me. They take $750 from me every month claiming that they overpaid me. So you can imagine that even with my preparation, they still find a way to steal from you. So be very careful about what they do with that Social Security and and sometimes your insurance, too. You know what? You need to have them explain to you how that really works when you're getting um, long-term disability, short-term disability, if you get it with your job. Have them walk you through what those rules are. Even though you hate to sit there and talk about it, it's very important, okay, because um, they try to fool me. Right now, I'm going to let them have it because they can't have every dollar. They have to, they have to negotiate here. Um, but... Then I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to fight for my rights, and I believe that with all that I've invested, I might turn in my benefits that they give me for what you what they owe me because um, I want to tell you, um, this week I spoke to my congressperson, U.S. representative of the district, okay, for this region, and I gave them my private American citizen papers and stuff. And I called them, so I'm going to tell you what they said since they want to think they're so sneaky and smart. Well, they never wrote back to me, and I've been waiting for two months to hear their response. So they, the guy who told me to send them this documentation privately so that it was supposed to be specifically addressed to the congressman that no one is supposed to see my documents, he answered the phone. I said, hey, uh, you never responded. What happened to these papers? You know, I sent to you. You never wrote me back or acknowledgement or anything. He All the man was worried about was he kept saying quite saying I might need a lawyer and blah, blah, blah. You know what his worry was? That I was going to sue them. And when he told me that, I felt had a heart attack because I'm thinking, wow, the only thing this man is worried about is saying that I'm going to sue him. So I told him, so you confirm that you are holding us here as hostages, that you kidnapped us and you robbed us of everything. Is that why you said, am I going to sue you? Because I gave you a document proving that you robbed us. I said, you didn't only rob me, you robbed the entire American public. And he stays quiet. And I told him, and you don't even have the common courtesy and the common decency to say that you're sorry for what you've done. Oh, we acknowledge your papers, and thank you for sending it in, and here's the remedy. I said, you didn't even offer a remedy, did you? You know, he says, well, what do you expect for us to do? I said, damn it, pay the debts. I'm not supposed to be paying this light bill and stuff. You are. 
the bill's not coming in my name. You send it to the all-capital name. If you get my signature, why aren't you paying the bill? You're a bankrupt state. He stays quiet. I said, listen, I can't have a lawyer because whatever the lawyer is going to tell me, I'm going to have an answer for him. And you, you know what the answer is? Pay your damn bills. You legislators get all this federal funding for keeping us here hostage, and you don't want to pay your bills. You spend it on yourselves, and that money doesn't belong to you. That belongs to the people. You're making us pay taxes for what you borrow. More silence. Then I asked him, well, he did give me a little remedy there, because I told him, are you going to do your duty, or are you going to sit here on the phone pretending like you don't hear what I'm saying? Do your duty and tell me where these papers go. So he says, I got to file them with the governor. I said, oh, I, I figured because you don't have no jurisdiction here. You belong to Congress, and your jurisdiction is over there in Washington, D.C. You just want to sit over here making sure that you guys are filling the people up the yin-yang for their taxes. The whole purpose of legal deception is to stop what we're doing, stop giving them everything we have because they have misappropriated the funds. They misappropriate the use of the money that they're borrowing. We could we could go in and look throughout your community. You'll have programs in your community. They aren't even necessary. And they have programs in your community yet they're not they're not there to help you people. They're there to steal from you, to gather information. They use these charitable places to see how many children you have. And, and if you notice, like the Planned Parenthood and um, these uh, other charitable outreach, they're called outreach programs, they're not there because um, they're there to help you. They're there to oh, tell me to give you a one-time light bill payment. They're actually there to gather data on you so that when the time comes, what, they're going to dispose of you probably, the way they take your children and kidnap them and stuff. I've seen them in action. And they are a well-oiled machine. These people that work in your community, they're not there to be your friend. They're there to gather as much data they can on you and your family. When that's not enough, people, then they come out with the census. And every so many years they do the census, like every 10 years they come out and see who's living where. They want to know where you moved to. Then they threaten you now to say, if you don't answer that, uh, they try to read the law to you saying, if you, don't, if you don't answer our questions, we're going to do this and that to you. Does that sound like it's voluntary? Does that sound like it's mandatory? More of you are going to have to... Send them on their way packing because you consent because they tell you, then it's your own fault when things go wrong. So I see that Southern is on here. Are you going to speak, Southern? Hello? Hello? Southern Command, speak, please, because you got to give me a water break. Southern me? Southern? Who are you? Who's me? Uh, this is Sekou. Uh, do you have anything to say? Uh, I was just calling and listening. <laughs> 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 I'm going to talk to you. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks for joining us. No problem. My pleasure. Uh, I, I seen a little briefing of what the topic was about, but I wanted to thought I would be able to listen in on see what the what the uh, what's going on. Well, like today we're just trying to get people, like, we know most of the people have had their birth certificates authenticated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that some people went to the county to try to file their birth certificate as their status, right? And they were being mm-hmm. turned away, and I, some of them didn't have their stuff authenticated. But the whole ordeal is, you know, I think another person that you need to go to is your tax assessor of the county and let them know, hey, I'm a non-resident. I'm a non-domicile. I am mm-hmm. a non-voter because the moment you vote, you go into a voting block and this is, and you know what they tell you? This is this is serious because I used to work in this kind of stuff. You go into a voting block and they'll tell you like, Oh, well, did you know you need to register to vote because that's how we get funding to mm-hmm. assist you guys with the projects that are going on in the community. Right. But what they don't tell you is that you're also getting unnecessary protection, unnecessary, you, you know, like uh, I go outside your my gate and I'll see, I, I, I kid you not, right here in Texas, only in Texas. You find police officers on every corner waiting to give you a ticket. Well, I'm in Jersey, and um, I'm I, I, I'm totally fed up with all of this nonsense about these guys here. Them char- those are characters. Um, it's increasing, I, right? I, you see it, like, more and more? It, well, see, uh, I, I'm, I'm uh, what they would call a, a, a so-called black man or so-called African-American or whatever they want to say. Uh huh. They have a um, new. They um, have a new definition every week, right? It's, it's, it, yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing new, and this is what's irritating me, is that mm-hmm. the younger generation is not listening to the older generation, and we're telling right. them this is nothing new. Rodney King was the twenty or the three young black males who were murdered in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Well, all we needed was one back then. All we needed was one. Right. Now, we got a status issue. We got a color issue. We don't want to study. We don't want to read and understand the difference between uh, being a black and being a more. Mm-hmm. Status issue? But yet, you know, everything else seems to be hunky-dory. So, I mean, I don't know about all the voting stuff. I've never voted. I don't never exactly. care to. Oh, if you didn't vote, guess what? Never. Then what that you should tell them, did I ask you for your services? No, I didn't. You know, I'd be writing a letter to the courthouse with that ticket and say, thank you, but no thank you. You know what? You're going to say, with the benefits comes the burden. Well, I never asked you for any benefits, and I didn't register, and I didn't vote for this. I don't vote for your services because, you know what? When I need help, an officer will come and gun me down before he helps me, and he, he will also tell you, that he doesn't have to help you at all. As an individual, he'll say, I don't, I don't owe you no individual service. He'll say, I owe the safety to the public, not like right. to the entire community as one, not like, like um, if you're going to have a problem, we're going to send 
a whole militia out there to conquer you if you got a hand. <laughs> Is that not true? Look at look at Missouri, right? Absolutely a fact. Do they it's not call out an entire army, a militia of people to with their shields and everything and their batons, right, to beat the crap out of you? But for the most part, and I'm not condemning officers because they're trained to do that. But they don't come out, no. they're not trained to assist you individually unless an officer does assist you. It would be from the kindness of his heart because they're not trained to assist you that way. Right. You know, the problem is that we're, we're, going, we're going to the, it's like, it's like going to, uh, let's see, what you call that place, uh, the Supreme Court, and trying mm-hmm. to get them old. Is this is an adult show. Because <laughs> yes. I use foul yes, language. This is an adult um, show. Using these old bastards to, to try and understand what the young generations is in, are in need of. We don't want to go to the police stations. We want to go to the academies mm-hmm. and reorganize the academies. Hold the academy, charge the academy with what these police officers, how they're conducting themselves. Right. Exactly. They're not even licensed by a government. They're not. They're licensed they're not by another corporation who does the training, exactly what, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I believe, and I'll make the accusation myself, that they have these men pumping up steroids because, you know, I can tell you that I know a couple of scrawny little officers. Well, they were scrawny, my little friends. <laughs> They look like bloated pit bulls now. Yeah. And I look yeah. at them and I'm like, wow, they're not the same people. They must be injecting right. something there because yeah. they don't look human. That's exactly what they're not human. Listen, human beings, I don't care how foul human beings have, have treated each other. We don't treat each other like these things treat us. Yeah. And we do, and, 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 and honestly, we do treat each other bad sometimes. Yeah. Not like that. That's something totally different. Those things are aliens. That's not normal. I don't know what they put into them. Huh? I don't know what they're putting into them, but they're not. And and I will tell you that another thing that people don't realize is that they have to take a test before they become officers of the law, Mm -hmm. unless unless they have military preference. But right. they have to have a certain IQ to be hired. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. if you have a, a, a high IQ, you're not going to be a police officer. Because one thing I do know, because I was, I'm, I'm a public administrator, and they, okay. they want to be able to train you to be what they want you a, to be. A machine. A machine. Yes. Someone who listens. They like people, they like picking up people from um, low-esteemed neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they'll take these young children that have a low self-esteem and offer them a brilliant job in the police force. But what they don't realize is that these officers, and you saw that the, the, um, the Supreme Court ruled that they're, they're an exemption to ignorance is no excuse for the law. Um, yeah. Why? Because they don't have to know the law. They don't even have to know what they're doing. They're only to do what is on their job description and not based on anything lawful or legal. Yeah. Well, are you familiar with the, the, the black codes? The what codes? The black codes. Uh-uh. Um, 
bring up the 1724 Black Christian Slave Codes, and you'll see exactly what they're doing. The Vienna Treaty. Uh-huh. The, the Doctrine of Discovery. Look those things up. You'll see what they're doing. Moda propria. Look up uh-huh. those. Those are their, those were their contracts. Those were their constitutional uh, 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 writs or ordinances right. that they was putting out to, when they came to this continent. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, and, and not only that, they would come over here, and, you know, we're looking at, you notice that when we were in school, and I'm 48, okay, and when we okay. were going to school, you notice that they only teach you the 200 years of, like, when I was going to school, they wanted to start at 1776 to present, right? Correct. But sure. they don't want to talk about what happened 200 years earlier. Like, did we know exactly. that we had some black presidents before Washington came in? No. Of did course we not. know that Pocahontas didn't really have a feast with these um, pilgrims? No, we didn't even realize that they were. They never said that they came in and slaughtered all of our, our um, indigenous people, that they herded them into certain regions where they would take them away from where all the water industries were. Remember, these yeah. people had a way of yeah. life already. They can't right. even destroy all of that. Don't say they, say we. Don't say they, well, say we. We can't say we because we're not those pilgrims. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the we who were here. Oh, yeah, we yeah. Know, well, we, we, know, we, know, we know that the pilgrims, that the descendants uh-huh. of the modern-day Europeans, um, yeah. They were running from the, the terror that they were tre- how they would treat each other. They ran away because they could not biblically do what they were doing in their own country. So what did they do? They left that world and came here to be able to biblically live the way they wanted to live with freedom, right? But what they didn't realize is when they came here, they tried to impose it on the people who were already here. And these people were all tribes and clans as well. And That's they came true. in with their Mosaic law, the law of Moses on that Bible, and destroyed everything here as well and put everyone under slavery all over again. And they try to act like the people were here were savages. They weren't savages. They were defending themselves. You came here to slaughter them. You took all their buffalo um, you you contaminated the waters. You gave them poisonous blankets. I mean, race and kill it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, come on now. And yeah. they didn't teach you that at school, though. They never went prior to 1776. Right. And see, so this what is what is, I tell people all the time, is that, see, we have to dispel the lie. Because, yeah. it was, because none of these stories, none of these stories add up. No, they don't. 400 years, 400 years, 100 million so-called African slaves mm-hmm. loaded, loaded up this whole country, and within a two, 300, 400-year period, you mean to tell me they, they murdered and slaughtered all of the natives? Don't you know we would be walking still on bones today? Because bones don't decay right. like that. Exactly. And not only that, and they brought the slaves over. And you know what I was telling people? Not everybody was a slave now. There were already mm. black people on the land here living prosperously they were now. All, this, exactly. Well, this, and that's the thing. That's the, and that's what I'm saying is that, you know, nine out of ten times we're not adding these things up. We're not equating these things mathematically mm. and scientifically. 
scientifically, the Titanic sunk, and that was their right. largest ship they ever built. They ever built. I'm not talking about right. us. We had ships that was twice the size of the Titanic and still mm-hmm. in existence. So right. if their Titanic didn't make it, and you know how historical they are, right. where's the same right. ships? In fact, where's the, the Nina, the Santa Maria, and the, and the, and the good ship Jesus? Right. They should be in the, in the goddamn museum somewhere. They never existed. The story was all made up. 95% of their story was made up. And what did they do? This is a tradition of the people, um, of the elite, actually, those who claim to be of royalty. Uh, remember, right. we're the 99% people, 99. It doesn't matter if you're German, French, Irish, no matter what you are, everybody migrated here, but we're the 99%. The royalties... Right burned every time they had something going on where the people were becoming enlightened, they would burn the libraries down. They would burn the records. Take your Bibles and set them on fire and call you a heretic because you would register your families. And you know who helped them? The churches did. Please, please give me a break here. They would say, get everybody's family Bible. We want to know who lives where. You guys gather up all the family Bibles and record the family tree. That's right. How do you think that the Ancestry.gov can go all the way back and try to trace your lineage back 100,000 years like they claim they can unless they haven't been so sneaky all that time gathering up all the biblical information from the Bibles with the help of who people? The church. And the sad part is that we don't even need Ancestry.com. All we got, we can look on people's top layer of their space suit. We call a human vessel or vassal. Mm-hmm. And determine who is who and what is what. Yeah. So it's because All we're trying to do is wake people up. We got to wake people up. And like every week, we try to implement something new, and this week it was about domicile residents. And um, I wanted to get into this last one here. Let me get my glasses. It was transient. Let me find the transient. Now I said we we said occupant. Here it is. The phrase. Okay. Uh, let me see here. I want I want to start up here. An alien actually present in the United States who is not a mere transient or sojourner is a resident of the United States for the purposes of income tax. Whether he is a transient is determined by his intentions with regard to the length and nature of his stay. A mere floating intention indefinite as to time to return to another country is not sufficient to constitute him a transient. If he lives in the United States and has no definite intention as to his stay, he is a resident. One who comes to the United States for a definite purpose, which in its nature may be promptly accomplished, is a transient. But if his purpose is of such a nature that an extended stay may be necessary for its accomplishment 
And to that end, the alien makes his home temporarily in the United States. He becomes a resident. Okay? So what is that telling you guys? That when the Mexican or anyone coming into this country, right, and everybody claims that they're illegal, they're not illegal, people. Don't you see what it says? That when they come here to make their stay, whether temporary, they become a resident of the area. Transient is a moving party. They're always, they're like the gypsies. They move around. They have no intentions of staying here. And anyways, you're all transient, by the way. You're not staying here forever. Your maximum time frame here is usually between 70 and 120 years, and it can be anywhere on the planet. Though it may be his intention at all times to return to his domicile abroad, when the purpose for which he has um, he he came has been consummated or abandoned, an alien whose stay in the United States is limited to a definite period by the immigration laws is not a resident of the United States within the meaning of this section, in the absence of exceptional circumstances. And why I'm telling you this is that I know a lot of people have been complaining about how other people have come in here and they'll say, oh, well, how come the Muslims get to have this and that and they don't have to pray in our schools and they don't have to pledge allegiance and they don't have to do it because they're transient. If they have no intention of remaining here, they're not a resident. Or they might have a card that says they might only have, um, uh, uh, what do you call that, a uh, visa? Green. You have a visa, you're not going to be here permanently. You're not bound to the laws here. Only people like us who are born here, and even with that, you've misconstrued yourselves as United States of America, U.S. citizens, when you're, you're not a U.S. citizen. You were born in one of the 50 states of the union. What about green um, card? Huh? I said, what about green card? What, does it say you're a resident? No, I mean, like, what about green card? You said that... Uh, Doesn't your green card say you're a resident alien? Green card says uh, alien uh, resident. Alien resident, yeah. Okay, then that's what you are. You're a resident alien, right? That means you have to follow the tax laws of the residency where you're established at, okay? Because that's, what they, that's why they give it to you. But when other people come here, they come here illegally. They are not bound to the law. That's why those three men, I was saying that they crashed into my kid's car. They, they, not only did they not get arrested, they were not charged because they are only temporarily here and um, they're not bound to any law here. They're just, they're not even a resident alien. And when people come here, whether you come from a Muslim nation, it doesn't matter what nation you come from, right? If you don't have a resident alien card, you're just here on a visa visiting, you're not bound to their laws, okay? Because you've got to really look at the most important laws here in this country are the tax laws and the laws, um, statutory law, right? Even though... We don't want to be bound to them, but then you better start doing your duty here and, and taking yourself off of these registries. Think of this. You're in the registry. 
I just put my my grandkid into school the other day. They asked me to register her. Give me her birth certificate. Give me her shot record. Give me her income. Give me this. I said, no, you're not getting any of it. Oh, if you don't do it, you can't. You're not getting any of it. Do you understand that? Nothing. I'm private, and that's the way it's going to be. Oh, well, why? Well, right now, I know that many of you guys are not private yet, and whoever's interested in being private, then they can, you know, get with me, and I'll tell you later how it's done. But they put her in, and now they got her in with no utility bill, no life bill, no Social Security card, no birth certificate. Just like I said, you're not going to get it. And that's it, bottom line. I am not a resident here, and I am not a voter here. I don't owe you no allegiance, and I don't have to. If she gets sick, I'll pull a dollar out of my pocket and pay for whatever the expenses are. You'll probably do a fare a lot better creating your own expense account than to have to pay it in taxes every year to um, the Obamacare, and then they make you drive, like, what, 100 miles away to go see a doctor. And that's what, all that is. Because you know what? In this country, they're so sneaky and conniving. It's a forced tax that they put on you. That's all it is. Forced tax. When they mandate you to get insurance, health insurance, it's a forced tax. Everything that you're paying is a tax. Okay? Mm-hmm. It isn't. It isn't for your benefit because you don't have to get it. They just they took. Um, they take your income tax. But listen to it this way: if you didn't get it, you got to pay income tax. They're going to take it out of your tax return. So you not see it's a forced tax upon you. That's why you should be really angry. And then when you get it, let me put it to you this way: the worst part of this is the truth that if you look really close in that Obamacare, it's also a forced because they're going to say, oh, well, uh, you signed up for Obamacare. It says right here, look, in the contract that you're going to have to be chipped sooner or later when we go into this chipping system. Mm-hmm. You signed up for it. Is that what you want to do? You really want to be chipped? Okay, go ahead. And when you don't, even even when you don't, you, you're still going to pay the tax, and you know what they're going to say? You're still going to be chipped. You think you're getting a benefit. In the end, it's going to turn into a your worst nightmare. So, the phrase definite purpose is important in the definition of residence above. Those who have a definite purpose because of their eternal covenant with God and their contractual relationship to him described in the Bible and who know they are here only temporarily can only be classified as transients above. This explains why our rulers and government want to get God out of the schools and out of the public life so that the sheep will have no purpose in life other than to serve them and waste themselves away in vain and sinful material pursuits. Then I hated all of my labor in which I had, let me see if I can see this more clearly, which I had toiled under the sun because I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool, yet he will rule over all of my labor in which I toiled in 
in which I have shown myself wise under the sun. This also is vanity. Therefore, I turned my heart and despaired all of my labor in which I had toiled under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is with wisdom, knowledge and skill, yet he must leave his heritage to a man who has not labored for it. This is also vanity and great evil. For what has man for all his labor and for all the striving in his heart with which he has toiled under the sun? For all his days are sorrowful and his work burdensome. Even in the night, his heart takes no rest. This is also vanity. This is in Ecclesiastes 2, 18-23. It talks about man. Remember, he said he would be punished with labor, right? But he says in the Bible that the labor, he doesn't know who's going to come and replace him when he dies. But he says that there is a man out there who's wise and evil, and he's working for that man who's taking everything from him. This has been going on so long, people, so long, that... It's time for us to start waking up here now and saying, no, we are not going to work for you anymore. And it can't start until we all decide to give back what belongs to them. You know, one time I had said, hey, what would happen if every one of us gave back our license to them? And if everybody gave back that birth certificate and everybody gave back that Social Security card, you'd still know who you are. You know, it's the greatest fear for the people. They don't, they, it's like the fear of the unknown, you know? Only you, the sovereign, can determine your intention. In the context of residence, notice the word definite purpose. Transient and temporary in the definition of residence above are nowhere defined in the law, which means that you and not your public servants define them. If you do not intend to remain in the United States, which is defined as a federal territory in 26 U.S.C. 7701A, 9 and A10 and 4 USC 110D and not expanded elsewhere in subtitle A to include any other place, then you can't be counted as a resident even if you are in fact an alien. The government cannot determine your intentions for you. An intention that is not voluntary is not an intention but simply a reaction to unjust external authority. This is the basis for why the U.S. Supreme Court said, the citizen cannot complain about the laws or tax system because he has voluntarily submitted himself to such a form of government. He owes allegiance to the two departments, so to speak, and within their respective spheres must pay the penalties which which each exacts for disobedience to its laws. In return, he can demand protection from each 
within its own jurisdiction. That one is the United States versus uh, Fushank, 92 U.S., 542-1875. So, you know, basically stating here, you ask for it, they're giving it to you. They're giving you what you ordered. Remember, I told you there's a line in the sand, people, an imaginary line where they separate themselves from you. You can choose to be a part of the system or you can choose not to be. And I know that the hardest part is jumping off. It's like doing a bungee jump. Now, that is scary, doing a bungee jump. That's how scary it is to separate yourself from the system about as scary as doing a bungee jump. I'm a chicken. I ain't going to do no bungee jump. (laughs) So does anybody have anything to say? Any comments? Any questions? Southern, uh, I, I know you're in there now, too. You better say something. I do have a question, actually. Go ahead. I was actually... Um, so you saying that if you are a, uh alien resident, so which means you have to follow all the tax laws? You have, you, follow, have to you have to follow your local tax laws, but I'm not going to state, because, you know, every state, mm-hmm. I also told you that every state is different, and every state is its own little estate. And we're working, we live inside a giant bank, so every mm-hmm. state has its own rules, its own regulations. You need to take your resident alien card, Right. Mm-hmm. and go over there to the tax assessor and ask them, am I to be subject to these taxes while I'm an a-, a resident alien? Okay. It depends, you know, in whose name your property's in as well. I don't uh, know, it might, not, it might be in your name or it might be in someone's name in your family that only has a visa, then they're not subject to any of the tax laws. Actually, it's, well, it's under my dad's name, but uh, we are all, you know, as you say, alien residents. Right. Well, you need to ask them, based on my green card or based on my paperwork, am I subject to taxation for this property if I'm only an occupant of the property? Say, I'm an occupier of the property, you know? I, I don't know. If you own it, then you, I guess that's going to be your domicile. Okay. You know, so, uh, up, you know, but it's you got to listen carefully. They'll explain it to you, but you have to listen very carefully to the words, or tell them to give you the the tax laws based on that land and property. You know, say I want to know what I'm subject to based on this property. Okay, and the you funny know? thing is that uh, also, uh, you know, we also had a. Uh, a ducks that we were having, and one day uh, uh, some kind of officer came over and gave us some kind of notice. It was pink sheet saying that you cannot, uh, you can't, you know, have a li- livestock in your uh, property or something because it's not at least three acres. And actually, I had the time to call. Actually, I called it today to talk to who. That whoever was sending me, or whoever left the notice, by mm-hmm. saying that, uh, why did you get uh, left the notice? 
when you actually... No, you should just say you're trespassing on my property. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm trying to do because she, my sister opened the door and she left the notice mm-hmm. to her, which I know she was because I also... Oh, well, you got to give it she, back. You, you got to give it back and say, no, thank no, you. I, I don't require I, any services. No, I know, but the thing is, it had no address on it, so I don't know to send where. Oh. It had no address. It had a phone it number? Nothing. It has a phone number, yes. Oh, I would just call them up and say, hey, uh, I need your address. You you came over here, you left some paperwork at the door here, and it doesn't belong to us. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, the thing is, they, they left, and I called them today, actually. I left a message, and I got no call back mm-hmm. from them, so... Anyway, we had a little bit of ducks, and I guess someone filed a complaint or something, and I know who it is. So, I mean, mm-hmm, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to go into details. Right, But, right, you know, right. he wasn't touching anybody. He was just having ducks, you know, every time we feed them. It wasn't bothering anyone, and it was suddenly mm-hmm. someone reported it because uh, I guess there's a there's – a, actually, we have a neighbor, actually. I find out after we bought the house, he's kind of a – you know, every every subdivision have a homeowner association or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. They want to tell you how to live. Oh uh, yeah, they want to tell me how to live. I know who that person is actually, and I find mm-hmm. out about what things he does. And because of that, the 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 old homeowner who sold the house to us, that's why they ran away actually, because mm-hmm. uh, actually they something happened between them as well. And he wow. kind of lives, like, beside our house. And it's yeah. kind of creepy every time, you know, like, he they, he watched us. You know, and it's like, wait a minute, you're not going to tell me how to live. That's why mm-hmm. what I want to do is I want to post a some kind of sign saying that it's private property. Anyone who enters, trespasses, they'll be subject to law. Because I know that person is going to do that because... Somehow the uh, homeowner situation, they gave him some kind of authority or something to do. I even mm-hmm. heard that he, what he does is that he is going to go to people's, you know, houses and he's going to cut the grass and he's going to make it, make them to pay him because, but, but he also gets uh, he also gets money from homeowners association as well. At the same time, mm-hmm. he's going to go blackmail the owners of the, Property. Yeah, what you do is you got to put a no trespassing on your window and you write, knocking on my door is subject to a $5,000 servicing fee. You need to yeah, put that on uh, your door so that, because he's not allowed to go up to your door um, and harass you, basically. Uh, thing, even if they are thing. a homeowner association, it doesn't really matter. You have common areas. And he's, he needs to stay on the common areas, but he's not supposed to approach your property and knock on your door just to give you anything. And I, you would okay. write that on the window. You know, you put something on your window saying, you know, um, this is private property, no trespass, subject to, and you say $5,000 in servicing fees, uh, uh, knocking on this window subject you to contract. Okay. That's what a friend of mine put, and guess what? The man came. He thought he was going to go into his backyard, and my friend caught him and said, hey, did you read the sign over here in my, my window here and by my doors? He goes, no. He goes, I suggest you read it before you go back there. You know what? He read it, and he backed away and left in his car. You cannot go onto people's property if it says no trespass. And you give yeah, them a warning of what the fines are going to be and that you 
trespassing, knocking on my door will be subject to contract. You agree to contract if you knock on this door to leave anything at the door, under my door, on the door. Don't come near my door. You know, okay. you got to have some boundary lines established. That's why I said you need to establish a home charter rule, home charter, your own charter for your family. Okay. All right. You know, you got to put it on your door. Subject to these ground rules here, get it ground. You're grounding yourself here to the land, saying you come in here, this is what's going to happen. I even see people okay. put little signs. This house has got uh, ammunition or firearms or or whatever, you know, protection. There's uh, Or it will say, do not trespass. There's, a, you know, a dog back there. It will bite you. It doesn't matter what it is, but people have to put notice on their door to keep people from trespassing on there. They don't have a right to okay. trespass. And, right. and the, you know, the thing is that also, sorry to interrupt you, we... In our, back, in our back backyard, uh, there was a trees actually, and what we did was we cut some of them down. On a, well, the, there was a kind of gate that mm-hmm. separated us, and then we cut the trees down because it was actually close to our house, and we had mm-hmm. a pretty bad uh, storm actually hit us two times. Mm-hmm. And actually, one of them kind of fell on our uh, fence, and we mm-hmm. started cutting. And the ducks were actually in the backyard, like with a big mm-hmm. fence. Because we also bought a fence. We put it in the backyard, and we mm-hmm. kind of cleaned it up in the back, and it was okay. And actually, the neighbor next to us, he actually told the guy, like, I, I, I do believe that's what happened because I see all the time talking. And he mm-hmm. told him about this, that we have a ducks. And uh, I do believe that he's the one, and he, he's the one who filed a complaint to court mm-hmm. enforcer, whatever the person is. That's why they call him because mm-hmm. when I yeah, call the code enforcement, him, yeah, yeah, code that's enforcement. What, yeah, but whatever. you know what? You just um, anybody have a recommendation of, aside from what I just said? Uh, produce your original contract. That's all. They got to produce your original contract. I had code enforcers. Come out here to give me tickets for my lawn not being cut and my second unit not being registered for rental occupancy. Um, show me the original contract that I signed that I agreed to have y'all regulate the height of my grass or my subunit. Show me the original contract. Mm-hmm. If they can't produce the original contract, then they can't create no claims. You so you're saying the reason of contract? Is that what you're saying? Yes, the original contract. Okay, okay, gotcha. So original and you see what you I see signed, what you just said right now. Money. He just said occupancy. Didn't you just say that they said you didn't put your place up for occupancy? I'm sorry. You talking to me? Yeah, you just said something right now. You said that they my, tried to yeah, find my, you saying that yeah. you didn't put your place up for like to state that you yeah. were going to use it for occupancy, right? Right. Yeah, that, they said I didn't, I had, they said that you have to register it every year. We register mm-hmm. it every year to, to rent it out for rental units. Right, as a rental unit for occupancy, right? Correct, correct. And then when you go to rent, they're trying to tell the people. See, this is where they lie. This is what I'm telling you guys. They say that if you're over 21, you're not an occupant 
that you are a resident. That's where the lie comes in, people. And if you're taking a lease, I'm telling you right now, and you're going to sign a lease, you better put a comma next to your name, and your name is occupant. You are not a resident because you rent. Remember, you're leasing. You're not buying, okay? They try to get it like if you bought the property. You didn't buy the property. You're leasing the property. That is not ownership, people. That is not residency, okay? So how do we how do we actually get the title? Well, you can't do that because you you in particular you 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 bought that place. So yeah, that's different. Did. I'm talking about people who are renting; they're no longer oh, okay. uh, you oh, know okay. owning owning their house, and they're trying to yeah. trick the people into. If you look at really carefully where it tells the adults to sign on those contracts, it'll say um, residents. And see, they put the kids in a different section, and they put them as occupants. Mm-hmm. That's what right. So be careful, you guys. This is what I'm trying to teach you today. You are not a resident if you're renting. You want to be a resident, then you're subject to the taxes. And number two, you cannot be domiciled in two places, okay? That means for you two um, that you want to tell me about the ducks. How do you pronounce your name? Uh, do I pronounce my name? Mm-hmm. You mean the full name or? No, you could just say your first name or do you have a nickname or? Adele. They call Del? me Del. Yeah. D-E-L, Del? D-E-L, yeah. Okay, Del. Let's say you move away from your home state, right? And you, your mom, you don't, you don't, I don't think you own that house because it's your dad's, right? Yeah, it's my dad, so, under my dad's and mom's name, yeah. What you the do house. is you tell them, I'm not a resident, I'm an occupant of that property. I don't own that home. You're, you're, in a, you're a young adult now, so you have to establish your rights. Even though they put you down as resident alien, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be really careful because right now you're in that point where you're either going to become a U.S. citizen, naturalized, right? Yeah. And you need to look at what your rights are like. You didn't have to get that Social Security card. You should have I know, gotten... because it's, yeah, you're right. Because the thing is, when I was getting it, I wasn't getting the whole full disclosure of, exactly. of the whole, whole, you know, Social Security. They're saying that it's a must because anyone who comes here, you know, mm-hmm. as a green card or as a permanent resident, mm-hmm. you know, holder towards here and live yeah. here, which is that, uh, that kind of uh, status gives you uh, mm-hmm. the meaning they're telling you is that they kind of scare you. The thing is, they scare you, so you're supposed to get a social yeah. security, or they're not gonna hire you anywhere. Right. That's is, not, uh, that is that. You know, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you that is the biggest lie. You know, in Texas here, yeah. man, they get happy when you don't have a social security card. You can I have it. Because they just don't care. You know what? As a matter of fact, when my son-in-law came here from Tunisia, he doesn't. He didn't have a card, but he had a green card, right? You know what they said? You don't need a Social Security card. We can hire you with just a green card. We can. Um, they even wanted to give him a brand new car, which without a license, okay? 
All he needed was that green card. So do not let these people fool you. Do not let them fool you into getting a... You know, I would tell them, you know, I would give that Social Security card back. Is that subject you to taxation? Yep, yep. You can rescind it because it wasn't fully disclosed. Mm -hmm. They're at the rest of coercion. They coerced you. Did they give you a free pack of Newports? Say it again. Did they give you a free pack of Newport cigarettes? No. Well, they only I don't smoke. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, we Americans don't know either. Listen, you know what they do is that now when the babies are born, as soon as you mm-hmm. do the birth certificate, they actually file for your Social Security card without your consent. I think they must have added a, yeah, they added a provision to that hospital paperwork where they can just order it for you, right? And I found that out the other day. I mean, isn't it actually against the law? No, what they'll do is they'll say, um, here's your release papers, sign them off. You know, like sign the release papers. Uh And when you're signing them, you don't realize it. It's saying, oh, upon your release, you're going to consent, we'll order that Social Security card for you. They do all kinds of nasty stuff without you knowing, I'm telling you. That's why you don't want to give your consent. You got to write your all capital name by lowercase name. Yeah, you you can't associate yourself with that capital name because uh, when you do, you're responsible. They try to make you liable as trustee to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. You are not you know a trustee. Oh yeah, I know. I'll find out. Like, I guys, you know, I guys join in. You know, what I mm-hmm. want to do actually is that uh, I talked to a couple of guys. Uh, the one guy I talked to, he said that he actually her wife, his wife, gave a birth in the kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, in kitchen or in the bath, and then they took it to the actual ER just to ch- check it, and then. At the same time, when uh, they had a paper, uh, which is a claiming of ownership of their baby or something like that, mm-hmm. that was signed after they, it was signed and notarized by notary, and they filed it and they they said they have no social uh, they have no social security number, they have no um, any birth certificate, anything at all. They they didn't even bother to give it to him. So I guess. Well, um, yeah, you have. You have a lot of U.S. citizens in this country, okay? Mm-hmm. And you have a large, massive population of people in this country that are not U.S. citizens. Yeah. Okay? And that's why I tell our American citizens, we have a lot of people here that are not U.S. citizens. How come they're doing really well and we're not? Think about it. I just read today... We have an equal, almost an equal amount of people in this country that are not U.S. citizens, right? Are they starving? Are they dying? Are they not being educated? Are they being um, disenfranchised? No. They live here just as well as we do, and probably, like I told you last week on the story, they live better than we do. Matter of fact, them Cubans, when they came in here, wet foot, dry foot policy, they get a three thousand to five thousand dollar check every month. 
Where did this money come from? Us. Come Think about it. If everybody you know, you know, funny give back the damn birth certificate and social security cards. She will. You know, the funny mm-hmm. thing is, actually, when we the when we play the actual green card, you know, the actual it's kind of lottery game. You know that, right? In every country, they play it. Like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you guys get a software. lottery to come here, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like a lottery game, right? So what exactly happened what was, there's, there's a three types, there's, I think three, two or three types of green cards. One of them is a refugee, where you become asylum, uh, and there's another one that's different, and there's a political one, and there's the third one, it, it's a lottery game. In the lottery yeah. game, actually, you know, you have to actually say that you have to have some amount of money when you come into the United States, right? That's why what happened was that we have, we had to show them to so that we have some amount of money. What we did was that we uh, established some kind of uh, thing called, we kind of evaluated our house saying that that's how much of amount of uh, money on the property we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that we evaluate our property in, in different country and present it right. saying that we have that much of a money a property here. So right. Oh yeah, it's all a negotiation. That's how I brought two of my um I brought my son in law here that way. You had to yeah, have that's... you had to have a minimum like twenty five thousand, right? Yeah. And the or you have to have a twenty uh, more uh, amount to that the property or you need to have an amount of money. Yeah, you're right. Either property yeah. or either money. So that's yeah. how we came in, which claiming that we have this kind of, you know, amount of property. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was uh, two, four times the property because they evaluate our property as like around 200 grand. Oh, yeah. Like United that. States does all kinds of stuff. Like um, I was watching the C-SPAN where there was this political guy. I think it was a congressman comes in and tells the the immigration guy, um, you guys are delayed and we need workers badly. And that made me so mad because we don't have any work here in this country. There's a lot of states that are suffering. You know what they were waiting for? Uh, I think it was um, the state of, uh, not, I don't know if it was New Mexico, um, where... Well, I think it's the state where Jan Brewer, Jan Brewer, does anybody know what state that is she's in? Um, well, it's one of these southern states, right? He tells the guy, you have a hose and we, we, we have 33,000 visas that we've been waiting on. And the, the, the season is coming where the workers need to get over here and, to work, right? And I'm thinking, you're talking about 33,000 visas where they can bring in all the Mexican laborers and the Honduras, Salvador, right? What about the American people? They don't have jobs. And they'll complain and say that they don't want to work. That's a lot. Arizona? It's Arizona. Arizona. It was Arizona. One of the congressmen came in and said that the Immigration and Naturalization had a hold on 33,000 visas. And when I I heard that, I was like, wow. And then they talk about the countries falling apart, that the people don't want to work, that the people want just free benefits, 
that they want food stamps, that they want, and I'm like, there's no work because you're waiting for 33,000 visas to be approved so you can bring in workers from other places, right? And I'm saying, if you want, first hire your own people of the nation. And then when you don't have enough, you go in and order those visas. But listen, people, you have to stop doing what you're doing. These people are bringing people in here with visas. And when I heard that, I knew the American people were being robbed. Look, when my kids were growing up and were 17 and 18, 16, they couldn't even get a job at a McDonald's because Everyone that was working there was from a foreign country, barely spoke English, and they took all the jobs away from the teenagers that used to go, you know, like when you get a summer job, that job Mm -hmm. was gone. A second thing was they were only going to take African Americans for the summer jobs that the government offered. I got on top of them. I said, you know what, racial discrimination and you're bringing in all these immigrants where none of our teenagers have a fair chance at getting a job before they go to college or before they go to school. They can't even know what it is to earn a few dollars to buy some summer, uh, the clothing for school and their stuff. There's no job. Stop voting for these people. And you know what? I don't even think your vote counts. Um, Because when you're registering to vote, you know how they tell you to choose if you're a Democrat or an Independent or a Republican, right? I think that when you do that registering and you put down what your political party affiliation is, right, they've already selected who's going to be in office just by you checking that off, and they just make you go in there to the polls um, as uh, an act of performance. But they already know who's going to go into that office. Uh, they'll say, oh, we have the Republican convention, the Democratic convention, and they, t- you know, just this dog and pony show when they know that um, once you've already filled out that registry, they already know how many Democrats there are. They already know how many Republicans there are. So really, you're just going in there for the hell of it. They only want you to register so that they can get more entitlements, they get more funding to run their BS against you. Because let me tell you something. You saw what it says there. Everything that they claim to be providing you is for your safety. We have too much safety already. Look, Look how much TSA is providing safety where they strip search you. Is this what you people really want for safety? TSA sticking their hands down your kids' pants, strip searching you, embarrassing you. Um, People, your parents go in there in wheelchairs. They try to strip search them on a wheelchair, um, tasering you, all kinds of stuff. Ridiculous. And they'll tell you because you might be carrying some kind of liquid or poison, throw it into this. Drum, I had told the guy one day, um, you're funny. You guys take all those toxic fumes and you throw it all into these little drums, right, these little garbage cans. I'm surprised you haven't had a massive explosion right here in this damn airport with all the crap you're mixing together here in these containers. 
Anyways, um, let me see what time it is. So well, it's going to be going on two hours, and I'm going to and bring it to a closing soon because I thought Southern was going to come in. I guess he's not going to come in. But um, let's see. I read to you the California election code. I read to you why you're a transient, and you're a transient if, I mean, you don't have to believe because you're biblically in belief. You're a transient because you're temporary, and you can use that word. Transient means you're here temporarily. You have temporal power here while you're here. You live between the age of, on average, okay, maybe 70 to 120 years, right? You're not here forever. This isn't your permanent home. You're a passerby. You're like two ships crossing each other through the middle of the night. That's something Queen Elizabeth said one time, and I heard that was actually an aboriginal uh, stating, uh, quotation used many, many years ago. You know, you're not here forever. Earth is not your kingdom. It's, you know, you're not domiciled here forever unless you're going to live forever and you're immortal. Okay. Now. So how, how do we know we're not going to live forever? Forever. How do we know we're not immortal? We've only well, seen people let me ask you us. this. Do you remember mm-hmm. what happened to you in your past life? Uh, yeah, I can tell you quite a few things that happened in my past life. <laughs> I can too. I can too, but not that many things. Not that many. But I, I believe we're immortal. In my heart, I believe we're immortal. But we don't remember until we open our eyes again and regain consciousness. But usually, I I feel in my heart that we come back with a clean slate, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're given it uh, to me. To me, I believe that every time you open your eyes and you come back with a clean slate, you're given another chance. And I think you keep coming back over and over because we just don't ever ascend to the next level because we keep doing something wrong, you know? Like we have to come back and make up for what we didn't do the last time, right? Okay. And we have to come back and take care of unfinished business But I'm telling you people, you can be the best that you can be while you are conscious and you are breathing. You know, you don't have to prove to anybody that you're alive. They know you're alive. If you're breathing, you're alive. If you can utter a sound, you're alive. The thing is, is that these people have, they've caused a great harm to this world, even biblically speaking. The Bible is more than just a Bible, okay? It's telling you magnificent stuff that is beyond your understanding sometimes because they're using it from the verbiage of their time. But when you really think about it, you know, I was thinking about Noah's Ark. And it came to me once, and I'm saying, you know, if you really think about Noah's Ark, Everybody drowned 
under the seas, right? All the water rose and everyone's underwater. And they always talk about the sea merchants and that we're lost at sea, right, all the time. Yeah, you haven't come home to reclaim and redemption. They talk about being born again, right, to redeem. All of this stuff is basically what's happening in the Bible. And I just think that they use these great stories to tell you a story of redemption throughout the entire Bible. And that the people haven't figured it out. And that's why I believe we keep coming back is because we don't know how to redeem ourselves and become who ourselves, a self-governing world where everybody respects everyone else's rights. As long as you're not harming someone else, I mean... What they're doing here, they harm you when they throw the poisons out of the sky from the airplanes. And they'll say, well, we're, you know, a corporation. You can't touch us. You can't do this. What else do corporations do? They can dissolve and come back with a brand-new name after they file for bankruptcy and get more money. Mm-hmm. Isn't, right? it obvious, isn't it obvious when the planes, sometimes planes fly, there's no anything left behind, but when there's a plane actually flies and there's something left behind and I'm like really I mean I've seen many planes that had nothing left behind they call it contrails really yeah just, yeah it's just, it's just you know like it just pissed me it, it kind of pissed me off because I've seen many uh, planes actually left something behind them and there's a plane who is perfectly flying and nothing left behind What's up with that? And it's been proven many times. Many people actually took a picture, took a videos of it, how they fucking actually do spray something. There was actually a video showing that the, the, the chemicals they put in. And they ignore it, right? They ignore it. They, they, yeah, You'll they, tell they them when you catch them like, doing oh, it, they ignore oh, it's you. Nothing. It's nothing. It's the contrary. Like, how the hell is the contrary? There's many videos that's proven that it's a chemical that you guys keep spraying. That's how many people actually having all those cancers, having all those sick, you know, getting flu is because of that. I just think that as a corporation, when they become a corporation, an LLC, a sole corporation, 501c3, you know, they're actually signing up to not have any, uh, what would you call that? Um, when they sign up for these types of um, entities, they disclaim any wrongdoing, any responsibility, anything that you can come back at them with, and they're harming the planet, and they try to blame us human beings for all the harm. That's why I say we have to do a self-check here, people. What would they yeah, do if everybody also, gave that? that yeah, what about papers? the courts? What about the courts? Hmm? I said, what about the courts? They're, that's another corporation in itself. They're another government yeah. entity. They're called government. Okay, that's just the name of the entity. But they're a private business. They actually hide in the, corp- the, the, the name of corporation behind the government. They just, you know, camouflage it. 
by common uh, government, which is uh, actually their corporations. Um, I was, let's see here, it says, the worst mistake that you can make as a person born in your country is to believe or think that laws written, well, I said this before, only for aliens or resident aliens apply to you. The only types of persons the federal, let me see, government can write laws for in a state of the union, in fact, are constitutional, but not statutory aliens and not those born there. Let me go down some more. The two types of residents, foreign national under the common law or government contractor public officer under a franchise. Context is extremely important in the legal field. There are two main contexts in which legal terms can be used, okay? Constitutional or common law. This law protects exclusively private rights. Statutory. This law protects primarily public rights and franchises. Uh, let's see what page. Let me go to 61. Let me see. Where's my 61 at? Uh, let's see. I'm way behind here. Okay, I guess I only went up to 60. Okay. And then I went into the domicile. Okay, let me go backwards then here. Let me see. And then next week I'll go into, um, I'll go into, uh, some of the other stuff. We'll talk about, um, let me see. I went up to 59, 60... Okay. Domicile and civil jurisdiction. History of our civil statutory law. Our system of civil statutory law was inherited from the Roman statutory law, which was called just civil. The civil and the common law. In the original civil law, just civil was exclusively for Roman citizens. It was not applied to applied in controversies between foreigners. But as a number of foreigners increased in Rome, it became necessary to find some law for deciding disputes among them. For this, the Roman courts hit upon a very singular expedient, observing that all the surrounding peoples with whom they were acquainted had certain principles of law in common. They took those common principles as rules of decision for such cases uh, and to the body of law thus obtained, they gave the name of just gentium. The point on which the just gentium differed most notably from the just civil was its simplicity and disregard of forms. All archaic Law is full of forms, ceremonies, and what to a modern mind seem useless and absurd technicalities. This was true of the civil law of old Rome. In many cases, a sale, for instance, could be made only by the observance of a certain elaborate set of forms known as 
manifestation. If any one of these was omitted, the transaction was void, and doubtless the laws of the surrounding peoples had each its own peculiar requirements. But in all but in all of them, the consent of the parties to transfer the ownership of a um, of a price was required. The Roman courts, therefore, in constructing their system of just gentium, fixed upon this common characteristic and disregarded the local form so that a sale became the simplest affair possible. You know, no matter what form the law took, it had to be agreed upon. And this is where we have a problem is that, yeah, they have something agreed upon here in these laws. But these laws, we're not in agreement with them because we never participate in what they've done. We voted, and just by the simplicity of voting, you've transferred your rights over for them to make a decision for you. And when we go back and we complain about the laws, we go back to somebody else to complain about the laws, right? We go to Washington, D.C. to complain about the laws, and they don't even have any power over the state. Remember, the states have a higher power than Washington, D.C., okay? Remember that. <laughs> going to them is not going to help you. They have no authority over here, okay? They just write up the common law, and then the states pick it up, and they convert it into something else and copyright it. Um, let's see. Roman law recognized only two classes of persons, statutory citizens and foreigners. Only those who consented became statutory citizens, could become the lawful subject of just civil, which was the statutory civil law. Those who were not statutory citizens under Roman law, which today means those with no civil domicile within the territory of the author and grantor of the civil law were regarded as, I remember that, Remember I was telling you that the laws are copyright and that they have an owner? Do you see what it says here? Within the territory of the author and grantor of the civil law were, grant, were, were um, regarded as not subject to just civil or statutory Roman law, subject only to the common law, which was called just gentium. Note also that the above treaty characterizes two classes of rights, civil rights and natural rights. Today, these rights are called public rights and private rights by the court in order to distinguish them. Public rights, in turn, are granted only to statutory citizens who consented to become citizens under the civil statutory law. The civil statutory law, or just civil, therefore functions in essence as a franchise contract or compact 
that creates and grants only public rights. Those who do not join the social compact by consenting to become statutory citizens therefore are regulated to being protected by natural law and common law, which is, just, um, which is, which is much more than just and equitable. Note the emphasis in the above upon the concept that everything exchanged must be paid for. And doubtless the laws of the surrounding peoples had each its own peculiar requirements. But in all of them, the consent of the parties to transfer the ownership for a price was required. So it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what side you're on. You see how the dollar bill says for debts both public and private? That's because you have two kinds of citizens, people. It tells you right on the dollar bill, public and private. You have a choice. You've always had a choice. Just look at your dollar bill. There's a choice still. You're either going to be a public citizen under statutory law or you're going to be a private citizen. And private citizens don't vote. For, they don't elect people to represent them. You represent yourself and your family. The concept we emphasize in the above cites that the public right attached to the status of citizen under the Roman just or statutory law constituted property that could not be stolen from those who did not consent to become citizens or to accept the benefits or privileges of statutory citizenship. Such a theft by government of otherwise private or natural rights would amount to an unconstitutional eminent domain by the government by converting private rights into public rights without the consent of the owner and without compensation. So under Roman justice or statutory law constituted property that could not be stolen from those who did not consent to become citizens, okay? Even if it was on the public side, just because somebody becomes private, right, or natural, it does not give you the right to steal someone's uh, um, property under the public side, okay? That includes your children. You don't have a right. And there's a maxim of law for that, too. I think it's like any man can possess whatever they want to except for he who truly has the possession, meaning like ownership of, like the child. You created that child. Anyone can claim to possess rights over that child except for he who is the author, the creator. You created that child. That's why I tell people, you don't know what the hell you're saying when you go into that courtroom talking about parental rights. You don't have parental rights over the child. You have unalienable. You created that child. This is so important. I see so many people every day talking about, 
I get to visit my kids for six hours a day and the other one gets 10 hours a day and that's just not fair. I'm like, why are you going to the courts to find out who's going to have what type of visitation unless there's something brutally going on between you two? You can't decide who's going to, you know, visit when and where. That child belongs to both of you. You know what? As a matter of fact, I haven't gotten the results yet, but I'm going to find out what those results were. We filed some paperwork regarding a child support, and we basically told them to bud their nose out of something that's not their business. They were trying to say that one of them had to pay 67% while the other one paid 38 because they were poor, but both of them agreed 50-50 since they both co-created the child. I said, didn't you not both co-create this child? Yes. Well, then it should be 50-50. Bottom line, there should not be a discussion as 38% and 67% when it takes two people to tangle. And guess what? They both agreed. They both wrote it into their paperwork and gave it to the courts and said, we don't want you to assist us. We've come to our own decision. They came in with statutory laws and charts. I'm talking about you name it providing charts and saying this is how we came to this figure and we go based on the income tax and we go based on this and that. Okay. Let me get into the next one. Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 17 establishes that civil law is a voluntary franchise. Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 17 establishes the basis for litigating in all civil courts under only the statutory law, okay? So if you're going to go into court and you're thinking about talking about you being a natural person, forget it. Under the Civil Rules of Civil Procedure, it says right here, it's only conducted using statutory law. Rule 17, parties, plaintiffs, and defendants, capacity, capacity to sue or be sued, capacity to sue or be sued is determined as follows. For an individual who is not acting in a representative capacity by the law of the individual's domicile, for a corporation, by the law under which it was organized and for all other parties by the law of the state where the court is located except that a partnership or other unincorporated association with no such capacity under the state's law may sue or be sued in its common name to enforce a substantive right existing under the United States Constitution or laws and 28 U.S.C. 754 and 955-9A govern the capacity of a receiver appointed by a United States court to sue or be sued in a United States court. Conspicuously absent from the above federal civil rule are the two most important sources of law, the the USA Constitution, the common law, 
the common law includes your natural rights. See, it's not even allowed in the civil rules of procedure that you have natural rights in the courthouse. There's no common law and there's no constitutional law in a courthouse. That's why when you start being charged with something, you have to answer as a complainant right away. As a counter complaint, you lodge it from your house, writing a letter, because you are not going in there. It's telling you right here by the law. Going into the courthouse, you're bound to that statutory law, and um, they don't recognize you naturally. They don't recognize you under common law, and they don't recognize you under the Constitution at all. They don't even use it. <laughs> why are these yeah, this why, this, this of- is why you enforce the Constitution. This is why you enforce common law. They don't. They 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 can't they can't acknowledge you or see you under the Constitution because they're they're de facto in nature, right? Well, actually, man created the Constitution, right? But here's the problem: they can't use it because remember we are in the states, okay? Right. In the states, and the Constitution is what is created for the central of the government, the central head of the government, which is District of Columbia, right? What uh, happens when the District partial. of Columbia, they write up the public law? Remember the public laws? Yeah. And then they issue these public laws, and they're not copyright protected, right? And the states then take those public laws. And here's where the people forget. The states are more powerful than the District of Columbia. They hired the District of Columbia to make it like an interstate compact among the 50 states. So what happens, District of Columbia writes up this legislation, right, these bills, and then they they, um, vote on it, and then they put it into the public law, and then the states take those public laws, and they convert them into statutory laws and federal codes, and then it tells you under the... Crown Corporation that when the states get these laws, they can use it to their benefit. It's not really supposed to override that public law and um, use it for their benefit, but they copyright it. And when they copyright it, that's when it becomes private law. And um, basically, you know, while you're under that federal zone over there, they try to keep you under two jurisdictions. That's why they're not using the Constitution because they're private. You're using private law. And you see right. what it said on or the other page. Look, it, yeah, look that's what it says that's here. What that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That they, they're using private law for their organizations. Their organizations that's only. right. They, 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 they uh, copyright it. Public so policy. They're, they're using public policy, too. Well, yeah, they're using public policy, but they're colluding using the public yeah. policy. So let me ask you this. If the if the state has more power than the United States, then uh, who has America, more power than, than the United the States state? of America? Correct, than the United States of America, and who has more power than the state? Who has more power than the state? Yes. Well, you do. The people. That's right. The people. That's exactly right. So the 1871 Organic Constitution clarifies that they can do all the alterations they want to do per state. But if we don't enforce the Constitution, 
1871 Organic Constitution, and whatever yeah. treaty we want to fall, we want to utilize at whatever point we need, then, mm-hmm. this, then the state does, you know, make that jurisdictional claim. People don't use their own and unalienable rights. Unalienable, unalienable power. Unalienable and hmm. See, when we look at it as unalienable and unalienable, meaning right. that it's not just about, okay, well, they created this demarcation of Mexico border when we know that New Mexico is inside of that border and it's not called New Mexico because the Mexicans weren't there, huh? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? New mm-hmm. York, New England. It ain't because those from... York in the East wasn't here in York in the West or England, so on and so forth. So, they, so like you said, they created these, they copyrighted and trademarked the demarcation lines as they do mm-hmm. these new constitutions right. that they create. But but the people don't realize is that we never filled out an application to work for these corporations. Right. Like I said earlier, they got to produce the original contract. Yep. So it's all contract law at the end of the day. That's why I was saying that one of the key things that I word I heard today was anyone under 18 is just an occupant because they can't vote. They can't make any decisions. So what are they, occupants? When you come into a city, they assume that you're under some kind of compact with them or contract. And they will do their damnedest, trust me, to try to get you to say that you're a resident. You're not a resident unless you want to be a resident. You're actually an alien on the land because, you see, what people don't realize, what I've been trying to tell them is they'd be sitting here fighting with all these other people claiming that they come in here illegally. People, listen, your parents weren't naturalized. You know, not your parents, maybe your great grand Anyone who immigrated here in the beginning when the United States was becoming the United States, right? Come on now. You must not realize that we didn't start getting these birth certificates until what year, sir? What, you know what year, like, what, 1933 1941, 1941. Okay. Before that, people, you weren't, they didn't have these things called immigration and naturalization. We didn't have that kind of stuff in power yet. We didn't have these kind of agencies. People came on here, and some of them would bring the privy seal. We still had the Civil War. We had the Revolutionary War. The United States was still fighting and acquiring territorial um, uh, masses of land, and then they were putting their privy seal on them from other... Remember, lots of countries owned these land. Even Florida. I was looking at um, the Treaty of Paris. Even Florida had parts of it owned by Spain when they were fighting for Florida. They did not have an immigration naturalization office for our great, great grandparents and saying, okay, you know what? You're going to be here now, and we're now going to give you a certificate of naturalized citizen. They weren't naturalized when they just walked on here and they got to stay here as free people. Then 
they come in, they do this war, right? And when they do this war, remember, you can win a war, but you can lose the battle financially, and then you'll be broke, and that's what was happening to America. They just kept fighting these wars. You can win all the wars you want to, but go back and watch that movie Braveheart. They'll show you. You can win the war, but what about the financial consequences? You have to go back and kiss England's butt to get more money to survive because that war is so devastating that it makes you broke and bankrupt. What is the United States doing, invading all those countries? You think it doesn't hurt us financially? They're saying, oh, you make a lot of money from the war. Do you? Wouldn't it be considered an offshore war? Like when when they go over to, say, Afghanistan today, we're, we really, we really believe that they're fighting the, the the indigenous people of that land. Well, we know for a fact that they created Al Qaeda, they created Benghazi, they mm-hmm. created ISIL, and all these other organizations or so-called factions or so-called government. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that was going on over here when they invaded this land. Right. It was the Britons fighting the Englishmen. And they use the people on this land for both sides for mm-hmm. both various reasons. Yeah. And not only that, but here's the key word that I, I was telling my um, Southern here who's listening to the show, you know, the key word that got me was this. The people were asking for democracy. They're under tyranny. They're under a dictatorship. And they've called the American people for help so that they can be freed under democracy. They want a democratic society. I'm like, holy crap, they want a democratic society? We're a democratic society right now. And you know what's happening? We're falling, we're imploding. Because we have so it is much government here. Yeah, I'm like, do you, when you see any news article talking about these people were asking to become a democracy, Let me tell you something. I don't believe it for a second. Especially, you can look at your prime example with Syria that, remember they voted for this guy and he came into office and it wasn't even a year later that the Syrian people said that they were tricked into believing that they were getting a democracy and when this new leader came in that that they voted for, because um, they thought this was some big change, this democracy, right? They said that they were tricked into believing that they were going to have a different um, type of governing and ruling. They said it was, they were being ordered that he who came, that they voted for, was ordering for them to be gassed and killed. That was under democracy, people. an inflated government that the people thought they were voting for the best, their best interest turned out to be their worst nightmare, and that's what's happening here. And I hope you African-Americans and um, our, our black brothers and sisters or whatever you want to be called, I just call you men and women of color if you want to be called that, because I'm Latin, Mexican, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, whatever you want to call me, but I'm still a woman. But I'm going to tell you this. A long time ago, when they wanted the Emancipation Proclamation, um, the Democrats all voted no. They did not want you to be set free at all. So go back to the congressional records, and you will see that every Democrat 
in office voted no. They did not want you to be set free. So how were they trying to get rid of you? When you became, this, not you as in a group, when all the slaves, everyone that was titled as a slave, when they invented the cotton gin, they couldn't bring out the cotton gin because um, then the African Americans and those who were under slavery would figure out that these people were about to trick them. So what they did is they created the Civil War, right, north and south. And the reason why they had the Civil War is because they were saying that the slaves were becoming a burden to them. It was costing the plantation owners too much money to support and feed them and clothe them. Remember, the master has to pay the bill. So they caused a civil war, and after a lot of people died, many African Americans died and gave their lives, and they were soldiers, good soldiers, good men, and then they brought the cotton gin. After they obliterated so many plantations, so I'm going can to I tell add you on this. To that? Can I, can I yes, add on you to can. That please, please do so. Uh, three, three things, and I want people to be real clear on this. Who were the civilians in the Civil War? Number one. Number two, um, there are no African Americans. There are no Latins, no Hispanics. We have to be clear mm-hmm. and precise in law. This is why we are so-called losing this so-called battle because we keep going back to claiming and holding on to the same copyright trademarks that they put on black African-Americans and Negroes. They put on Puerto Ricans, Latinos, Spanish, South Americans. Oh, yeah, add on to it. Now you're called minorities, all kinds of stuff. Because we we are attesting to those terms. So, one, we have to recognize that we were – already here if there was a civil war. There were foreign invaders. They called themselves pilgrims and the Mm -hmm. Christian crusaders um, who were invading the land. So, of course, they're going to say there's a civil war, and we have to figure out what to do with these slaves. So let's put them on the battlefield, put them on the front line, and shoot them from both sides. That's right. Everybody look at where we are today and what would be equated with the cotton gin? The computer. The computer. The technology the computer has. Mm -hmm. So why is it that the the so-called superior upper class does not want a work-free world? Because they lose power and control of the minds of men, women, and children. Mm Mm-hmm. So we should recognize where we are today. I personally will not call ourselves aliens at all. Yeah. We are the heirs to the planet. We, we are, are the men and women. That's right. We are more than men and women. We are more than men and women. We are God men and God women. Mm-hmm. If we want to use any kind of term, it really values What's the so-called creator of all things that put exactly. down on We are children now, of the master creator. We are not colors. We are not races, exactly. ethnicities. Uh, you know, and, and um, believe it or not, I made a claim the other day about them doing that, putting that on the document, calling us by different colors, right? 
Mm-hmm. You know what Washington, D.C. did? They want to deny that they did that. And they told me, they, you know what, they sent me to the Office of Civil Rights compl- to file a complaint over something they did. You know what I told the lady? I'm not going to file a civil rights complaint. You need to remove all that trash you put on a piece of paper to segregate people into colors, ethnicities. Um, you need to look up what those definitions are, too. You should see what it says. It's a hypocrisy, people, that they use to divide you by colors and uh, color calling you minority, color. subhuman. You know when you go to battle in the other side of the world, they call you, oh, you don't have to worry about killing these people. You know, they got a bomb strapped to their baby. They're called subhuman. That means they're lower than dirt, okay? That's their, te- that's their terminology, their legal terminology for human beings, okay? And I'm going to let him continue because he, he can give you some more teachings about how they disgrace you and discriminate you from being what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be ascending to a higher uh, being of self, and you can't do it because they keep oppressing your mind with these thoughts of um, uh, using words. All these words that they use are to control you, control your behavior, um, and belittle you in your mind, in your own thoughts. You imprison yourself with their words. Right. Color of authority, color of office, color of identity. Uh, that's uh, that um, 241 and 242. I think that's uh, 12 USC, 241, 242, color, color of authority. And that's why they that's why they have to draw the attempt to draw back into some civil rights claims. The 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 issue right now with so called the Moors who are mislanguaged black people or African Americans saying black lives matter don't know the definition of black. Really. I mean, because if we're talking civil little more tooth, anybody on the line know what civil little more tooth means? Dead in view of the law, dead in the eyes of the law. Now, when we look at law, law is divine and cannot be broken, cannot be changed, cannot be altered. The laws that were are the laws that will always be. If we broke any laws, we would jump outside of the atmosphere and we would break the laws of gravity. If we, if we, if we went up under the ocean and sat down there for an hour or two, that would be breaking the laws of nature. So when we assume that there's laws and statutes and ordinance and codes in place to regulate people's movement and not allow people to be free, that's why people have to enforce the Constitution. The Constitution is that it is written by men. But obviously, if we look at that in comparison, it was written by some sincere men some men who knew what we were going to be dealing with if we had a government that was this out of control, going around the whole planet, subduing and oppressing every man, woman, and child. You know, that's the whole point is oppression, binding. They bind you, oppress you, and constrict you. They put encumbrances 
Um, Mm -hmm. You don't inherit something. Your rights are unalienable. Unalienable. Okay? You have divine rights passed on to you from who? Your heritage, your bloodline, your parents. You know, the Bible, even though um, somebody was telling me something really important the other day about Mosaic Law, and I won't get into that until um, next week when they were talking about Moses coming down from the mountain, and he was upset about the people worshiping the calf and the bull, he was telling me that that was the time when men operated by tribal law and clan law, tribal and clan, right? And when Moses came down, he broke that yoke, you know, like um, there was, uh, he put the yoke on the people or, or constrained them. But remember, like, if you go into one of these old, old Bibles, it does not say thou shalt not kill because, like I said last week, shalt means one day, but it doesn't mean today. And that is why these people are so intelligent that they put these laws on you and like thou shall not kill, thou shall not do this, do that, do this or that. But you see that in the Bible all the way to present. They are slaughtering people left and right because shout means one day but not today. That means that they're doing whatever they want to so as long as one day they don't do it. One day they decide not to do that. But when they were doing that, um, when they came down with Mosaic Law, um, what uh, this gentleman was telling me, um, his name is Donald, he said that they came down with the law of um, Moses and Aaron came down with the law of the ram. The ram people, you know, Baphomet, that's in the middle of the cross. They say it's like the demonic, that's the ram of Aries. Mm-hmm. And he said they were never eliminated from the New Testament. They're just called the two pillars. And you see, I think, two pillars in um, the White House. And all of this new symbolism that you see, which is like the black cube, uh, all of uh, the cross. And I told you that was all um, Pandora's box of evil. And you're inside, they're locked inside. Um, and it's worshipped by every religion in the world, anyone who has a religion. You're all worshipping the black cube. And like this gentleman was saying about, um, you were saying something about how they set up the ISIS and all this other stuff, um, that the wars are funded by the same banks. They're just funding both sides of the war. That's to get Mm -hmm. rid of the people. And this is what point I wanted to bring up to you, which is important, what you just said about the computer system. You know, they're make, they are heavily investing in robotics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going to be chipping people. You're not going to have no way of controlling any asset once they chip you because, remember, they're going to put all the information inside your hand now, and the only way you're going to be able to buy, sell, or trade is with that chip. And that's what's coming. No matter what you guys say, that it's impossible it's not going to happen. It is going to happen. Let me tell you why. Because the people have become too complacent. We have too many. Everything's now on the computer. So tell me, let me tell you what's happening here, you guys. The reason why they're going to wipe out two-thirds of the world is because the computer systems 
Now it doesn't require as many people in this world working as slaves for them when the computers can do all the work now. You see how they're firing people left and right on the job? Mm-hmm. They have lesser people. Now, remember the cotton gin that I was telling you about, how they tricked the people into going into this giant civil war because they didn't want to, they didn't want the burden of having to feed and clothe all of the children and all the people of the plantation, and they would get rid of all the men, and they try to take over by um, keeping the women and children under the master's home. Well, now what are they doing? Now that they have the computer system in place, they don't need that many people, so be prepared for a great war. And when I tell you massive, it'll be massive because they've already got everything situated now where they don't need as many people to um, live prosperously, and they want the world for themselves, and you are now disposable. And when I tell you that when they put all those bonds and all those land titles and all, all of it, stocks, bonds, portfolios, everything, and on 55 Water Street in that basement, they flooded it out, and they said they transferred this over to Seed and Company. That was because they are getting, and, and they're saying that they lost all these documents worth billions and billions of dollars. It's going to show up somewhere, let me tell you in one person's hand, which will be the next tyrant. Because what they've just done here, people, is a ritual, and they're going to end up giving custody of mankind to one power. Are you going to be the people that are going to protect your families, or are you going to be the ones that, you know, go underwater? You have to prepare for that because you know in a couple of more weeks, you know they're going to try to impose some more taxes on us. I don't know what the Pope is going to say, but I know it's probably something to do with us having to cough up some more tax dollars. So, Southern, you have anything to add to this? Southern Command? Southern Command. <laughs> is he in there? He's in there. He's on there somewhere. Oh. Oh. Well, I have to add this. I think that, uh, well, if if we're if we're in our say, say uh, mid thirties, late forties, early fifties, we already know that it's population control. Yeah. Rex 84 was mentioned back in the daggone 80s when they flooded the inner cities with drugs. And that's why I mentioned earlier the 1724 Black Christian Slave Code. If we want to remedy the problems that we see going on here, we have to know what codes and what laws and what contracts they're agreeing to. Mm-hmm. If they're agreeing to population control, but we don't know that it's Rex 84, um, then we're going to be subject to it. Once again, they're all contracts. And we can rescind the contract, the social, birth certificate, and all these other contracts. Exactly. But we have to know that in order, how do you rescind pop, uh, a Rex 84? How do you rescind the, 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 the adoption of discovery? How do you rescind those by enforcing the Constitution of 1791, the Organic 
Constitution mm-hmm. for the Republic form of government, which breaks the mold of the democratic fold. Or you can go, um, like I said before last week, you can go um, <clears throat> status quo, antebellum. Antebellum means before the war. And you want to go, actually, I'll be honest with you, you don't even want to be with the Republic, okay, because that still no. gives you some of your privileges, but you want to go before the war, before the war, because um, that's how my status is in the private realm. I have my paperwork listed for before the war. And um, that is So what treaties, what treaties and proclamations were were produced before the war. Well, here's here's the thing. What you're trying to do here, I'm going to tell you a couple of steps that you had to go through, which is you have to um, do uh, the law of release, okay? Because remember, you have something called the law of latches. You know about that, right, law of latches? Yes, I'm familiar with the law okay. of latches. Right, where they bind you, right? Mm-hmm. So before you can become unbound, you have to go and do something, and you you guys need to look it up if you're really interested in becoming free. I mean, free as in you are free, but if you want to notice these cockroaches that you're free, you got to do something called the law of release, and you got to relinquish everything that was done, nunc pro tunc, to the date of your birth. That means anything that was ever done using your name under that birth certificate, nunc pro tunc. You have to put it all the way to your data birth. You got to say, um, forgive me of my debts as I forgive my debtors because this was done without consideration. It was not done in and for consideration because it was done without your knowledge for a baby. Then you clean your slate and then you give yourself a new status. And you know what? You got to give the court. You file it in a, in a superior court, and you give notice. You can put a notice, if you want, in the local paper saying you made a filing a change of status. And you have to tell them where, where you filed it or whatever. You just put down, you know, in this courthouse, um, page, whatever, whatever. It's going to be recorded in the courthouse. And then no one rebuts it? Too bad. Now you come in and you say, this is my new status, and... You say um, status quo antebellum, you know, before the, before the war, before the Revolutionary War, before the Civil War. Why? Because that was a time when the land was free. This is a time when the pilgrims were first getting here and began putting their privy seal on Plymouth Rock and all these other places where they were entering into they would come in with the privy seal of their king and queen. So when you say antebellum civil war, it doesn't, I mean, uh, before the war, it doesn't tell you what kind of war because you want it to be before the war, before you began binding and constraining and oppressing the people. And when you do that, like I said, I've used it in a couple of places and I've had some crazy results. And as God is my witness, like I said last week, this woman bowed down to me. I'm looking at her like, you don't need to bow down to me. I'm nobody. I'm just like you. It's just that you don't know 
you want to be a slave, well, you can go right on ahead. You are a child of God or of a master creator. You have to act like one. Okay, stop giving yourself a color. Stop giving yourself these nationalities. Stop giving yourself um, these titles that they give you. Those are cre- anything that has a title. It's created by them, the corporations, right? And and you're using them, so you know you're you're bound by whatever that title means. You are you, and I am me. Hey, I'm going to jump in here for a second, um, kind of piggybacking on what that brother said and, and what you're saying currently. Um, somebody had posted something in one of the groups, and it talked about black and mm-hmm. the culture of a person being called black, property of the United States government, a slave, um, a couple other definitions that was list, listed in there. And, um, and when I read that, I was like, wow. And, in fact, there is a form, uh, SF, I think it's the FS-181, uh, mm-hmm. where another group deals specifically with that. And I'm not telling anybody to just do that. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's correct or it's not correct. But on that form, it deals with, uh, it talks about white, the color white. And we mm-hmm. know majority of the stuff that they do is backwards right. or in- and basically, if you look at that form, I, I believe it's the FS-181, but it talks about yeah, white. Right. Say again? That's right. This is FS-181. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, it talks about white. Somebody from mm-hmm. North Africa, um, I forget all of the, the different uh, locations that it lists. Mm-hmm. And, and so basically, this particular group, says that, you know, basically you should fill this out, fax it in to correct your status or your nationality. And, you know, granted, once again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, you know what I mean, but I'm just bringing this out as a point of the interest because I found it very interesting, along with the fact that we know that from a historical standpoint, a lot of the things that we have been taught are lies. I remember yeah. the seminary. And I had to write a paper. One of the first papers I had to write for my English professor was um, um, a paper dealing with uh, the topic of, of the pilgrims coming in and how the, these Christian folk brought disease blankets with chicken pox, smallpox, or whatever it was, you know, and gave them to the Indians to make them sick, you know, um, stole the land, you know, enslaved them, enslaved us, and mm-hmm. and. Basically, it's it's something that you know we as a people we have to know. You know, um, my my niece, who I believe my sister has been homeschooling, uh, kind of reached out to me on Facebook and friended me like a week or so ago, and I just been watching some of the stuff that she's been posting, and some of the stuff she was posting is just like wow, my little niece knows what's going on because the stuff that she was posting, it was just like so apropos, you know, explaining from a historical standpoint uh, the different things that were going on, different things that we're discussing, and, you know, how how this country has evolved and how it was stolen and, and so forth and so on. But right. we, as a people, we have to get to 
the point of getting to the truth because there's so many rabbit holes and there's so many things that um, have been given to us to throw us off track and get mm-hmm. to the point of how do we circumvent those things that have been used to create latches, to create bondage. Um, mm-hmm. to, and, and and you notice like at the school, right, in the school, they right. say, well, oh, we're going to celebrate my... um, Martin Luther King Day, right? You see how they'll say we'll celebrate Martin Luther King Day. But you know what? They don't really tell you the whole story about why Martin Luther King had to do what he had to do to begin with. Like, what the heck was going on that this man had to come in here and stand up for your civil rights, you know, saying we need civil rights. But they never talk about what happened to the land before 1776. Like, who was here and and they don't want to talk about what they did to the people when they came right. in here, the pilgrims, and and other people too. Let me tell you, that no, the Spanish weren't innocent either, okay? Because they came in from the south with their cross, and they burned down the um, Indian villages and forced them to become Christian as well. They came in from all sides, okay? Yep. And yep. um, you know, Bautista, Columbus, Christopher Columbus, all those pirates mm-hmm. came in, so. Pilgrims came in through the north, the white man came in through the north, and the Spanish were coming in through the south. That's why you see a lot of Spanish in the south. Right. But they don't want to talk about, like, the different um, people that were invading America and literally just obliterating the people. And sort of that's why I get mad, like, when they'll say, oh, um, the black man, well, why do you call people by a color? You know, like, that upsets me because... You know, when I was young, we were told we weren't allowed to hang around with black people. And I'm well, from Indiana. And you know what? And that's the thing. Joke. Because when people tell me to go back where mm-hmm. I came from, I tell them, I said, well, which, which way should I go? Should I go with the people on the top of the boat or should I go with the people on the bottom of the boat? If that mm-hmm. allegedly happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Right. It, that's that's the joke. But then the other thing of it is, is this, and 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 I agree because we always teach our congregation the fact that listen, they always want to talk about slavery. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go slavery. All they want us to remember is that we were slaves. That's right. it. Don't want to it's talk more about than that. More than just slavery. More than just um. Uh, you know, and 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 the richness that we had. In the land which is called Africa, which, I mean, it's not called Africa, but what you call Africa today, and it's just like we don't know. And every generation is getting mm-hmm. further from the truth. Yeah, and, and how do you even know, right? Like, how do you even know that you came from Africa? Because they wrote it, like, in the history books. You don't know if you came from Africa. What if you came from Morocco? Africa's a big continent. There you go. Let me add on, Let me add on right there. When you look at Cyprio Africanus and the inception of the whole continent becoming all of a sudden Africa, Cyprio Africanus Africanus had seized Algeria and Moroccan area. That was Mm -hmm. Africa. Right. Now, why did he call it Africa? Because Africa, African, is not a European terminology. Mm -hmm. What they were Mm -hmm. doing, everywhere they went, they went and adopted the name and the culture and became adopted into the family. George Washington's names come from the Wichita tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, 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 we are slow 
because they have deceived us with this information, and we don't mm-hmm. want to do the research. The Spanish right. Inquisition, the Spanish Inquisition was the Spanish run. American Vespucci <laughs> came over to the to the to the northern region of Africa, mm-hmm. and guess what that is? We call it mm-hmm. the United States today. We call it North, South, and Central America. Right. North, South, and Central America. The great secret that the Masons hold is that North, South, and Central America is actually Africa. So we're in Africa. Hey, and how about this? Do you really believe that these people travel from Africa, the continent, all the way across the oceans, right, to America and thought that these boats, you know how the the boats, they say they came all the way from Africa to here, right, with the slaves? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. That's too far, number one. The seas were too rough. They were taking them off of all these other little um, pieces of land. That's why I was saying, like, the way they teach you in school just to say about we're going to honor, um, you know, Martin Luther King to remember the slaves, right? They don't, the people mm-hmm. don't realize this country was under attack by all sides, Spaniards, um, whites, pilgrims. We don't even know. Um, you know how they'll say they had the Irish they had mm-hmm. um, the Italians. Come on now, gangs of New York. We were being mm-hmm. attacked from all fronts. It's not just about the slavery. They were murdering, raping, and pillaging from all sides. Exactly. That was a huge death camp. And they don't want to talk about the truth, and the people need to know the truth. Because if we don't learn this true history of America that we call America, because they also brought that name here when they came here. I don't even think it was supposed to be called America. I think somebody said it was called America or something like that. It was um, called Al-Marat. You guys are going to, it was, it was called what? Al-Marat. Al- it was having Al-Marat. another name, right? Al-Marat. I think it was called Northwest Amexum. It was no, Northwest Amexum is another name for Al-Marat. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was the extension of Lemuria. In yes. Atlantia, before the Great Sea opened up, before the Great Ethiopian Sea opened up, it was mm-hmm. called Lemuria, and mm-hmm. uh, and Atlantia. Mm-hmm. That's when that's when this yes this what this is Northwestern Mexico. This is West. This is Northwest Africa. You want to win a court okay. case? You want to challenge a jurisdiction? You tell them that they're standing on your ancestral land. We are the heir right. to this continent. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I want to iterate with the slavery terms. Right. I don't. Be, I don't believe that we suffered the slavery because slavery, by definition, is I owe you a debt. I come to you. I can't pay you, so to speak, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So I work it off until that debt is satisfied, and then I'm released from you. Okay, that's slavery. I go into right. that voluntarily to correct the debt, but involuntary servitude is when I'm beaten and broken into a way that I do not wish to be in. But isn't so, it all of But it? you can still be beaten into involuntary servitude mentally and emotionally by believing that you work all your life to acquire certain things to leave to your heirs, Right. And when you get oh, yes, yes, yes. which is called prime time, they beat the crap out. Let me tell you something. They might not beat the crap out of you now. But when you hit our age, 
They're going to come for you. And let me tell you, their names are Code Enforcement, County Tax Assessor. And they come in and they try to take away everything you worked hard for, all those titles that you'll be holding once you pay off your car, your home, and you're thinking, you know what, I want to leave this for my kids. You ain't leaving nothing to your kids because they're going to try to find a way to take it off of you. Even with a parking ticket, they will, they will seize your property because they're already trained to do this every 30 years they do this. Every 30 years. And we haven't seen it yet, but see, now we're hitting the 50-year mark where they do the Jubilee. That means we're going to probably go into a Great Depression again because it's every 50 years that they do this Jewish Jubilee thing, and they're saying, oh, it doesn't exist. It does exist. That's why the Pope called Jubilee. Even though the Jewish don't celebrate it, they're saying, oh, because the people haven't returned to the promised land, the Pope already called for the celebration of Jubilee, which means we're going to wipe the slate clean. And when they do that, they, they're going to, it's almost like filing for bankruptcy, but all across the world, and they have to reprop themselves up. But who pays the price for that? The people do. We never get, we never get relief. It's very rare that you get relief, and it's called involuntary servitude because when you say no, that's when they start pulling out the guns, and that's when they start threatening you, and that's when they start saying you are going to do this. You are detained. You don't have no rights. When you don't say nothing to them, they act real nice to you. Like, like as long as you don't know the truth and you don't question us, you're good to go. But when you start questioning and you start getting to our age where we don't, we're older, we don't feel like getting over here and fighting with you, that's when they start using brutality against you. They just try, I'm telling you right now, how can, you, how can we sit there and look at all these cops sitting here just shooting people in their cars um, and getting away with what they're doing? It's the same thing like um, a black man being hung off a damn tree and being lynched in the 60s, and the people were just sitting here cheering on. Now they put it on TV. They come out and just shoot you if you're a minority making you go by the police car, empty out your pocket. Oh, empty, oh, lift up your shirt. Let me see if you have a weapon. I'm suspicious. That's the same thing. They have not changed one bit. Can I add on to that? How many, how many people on the phone lines really believe for a thinking of a second that 10% of the whole world's population, I'll be on European white so-called white people, they're not white because mm-hmm. white is a color, once again, it's a status right. in law. How many people think that the original slaves were not them? Slaves, look at, look at, look at Yugoslavia and Slovakia. Mm-hmm. Before the demarcation lines was re-altered and renamed, there was Slavic lands up in the Canon lands, up in Canada area. How was it that the 10% controls the 99% or the 90%? It's because we don't. We, 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 we are afraid of labels and we are afraid of titles because they have mislabeled and mistitled us intentionally. When we look at status and nationality, and it's through, through international law, we will see why. We will see why they killed Muammar Gaddafi. 
We'll see why they give a damn about Africa uniting under whatever currency they decide to use as currency. We'll see why. They keep going into the, the so-called Middle East, which is not the Middle East, continually creating the war between Jerusalem and Israel, mm-hmm. as well as down south on the islands. When we talk about Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah. You see? So the Republican form of government is the one that sees the war, that stopped the war. Even though the war picked back up before, during, right. and after, it was still their Republican form because the Republican form of government belongs to the people. It is the only free government where you don't have to raise funds to get hedge funds, to get some freeholders, to hold people's hedge funds. Get it? We are the hedge funds. If we don't have a question about my first right, we are, we, are, we are a part of the problem. Because they're monetizing off of our breasts. You know, what is carbon tax? Carbon tax is related to the melanated people. Who do you miss? Original Americans are top of color people. But we have the European Americans, the European descendants, who are the only people who can naturalize. If you're, if you're indigenous to this continent, to this region, you're supposed to be nationalizing. You're not supposed to be naturalizing. Mm-hmm. Because this is your nation. You are you, your natal chart goes back to your mother. So this is why I keep reiterating: Why do they have when 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 they when they gave so-called slaves, so-called black people, the Bible? They have already had a constitution in place, and that mm-hmm. constitution for them was called the Black Christian Slave Code. And everybody walking around here talking about this Bible and don't know about the Black Christian Slave Code, I implore you to read that. Read the first edict. Read the second and the fourth edict. And then figure out why nobody is supposed to be doing business on Sunday. And you'll understand why the Spanish Inquisition, the Vienna Treaty, the Rex 84 are in full effect. And if the people don't get a and if we don't get a hold of ourselves and impose martial law based on our desires, then that martial law that we see coming over the hill, that's mm-hmm. that population control, that annihilation that they're talking about. That's right. Why is it that the Europeans are always talking about the European Americans or the European man all over the world is always talking about, oh, it's overpopulated. It's too crowded. This is why we're having the global warming and the global cool down and the imbalance of the planet. It's overpopulated. Mother Earth knows what she needs. If she wants to get rid of a lot of people, we ain't got to we ain't got to produce no guns. She'll just send some land, come up from up under the earth, or take some land and take it down under the water. But best believe, we need and to understand. And that's why they're here talking about um, population control, like you said. And and the Bilderberg meeting they had this year is talking about population control. You know, um, and they talk and they give you a lot of key words. Sovereign. We have to pass over the sovereignty to somebody else because um, they call us the uninformed voters. It's almost like we're not going to tell you what we're really going to do because you guys just don't get with the program. Um, and you know. And shame on the American people that allow them to call us uninformed voters and they have nothing to say about it. They're sitting here calling you an uninformed voter 
and you're not even wondering why they're saying that because they're saying you guys refuse to learn. That's because they we have only... no status. We have no status. We're, we're, you know, they, they played the color game so that we yep. wouldn't say, no matter how dark we are, we're white. White is mm-hmm. a political status. Black yep. is a de facto status. And this is why they this is why they're saying that. This is why they can control the the electoral the so called electoral ballot, the electoral mm-hmm. college. Because when 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 people go to vote, y'all ain't doing nothing but marking yourselves up for the Census Bureau. Mm-hmm. Right. The electoral college has already got it in order. Congress has not been in session in, until um, uh, 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 until we we were the ones we were the Congress that was in session. Look mm-hmm. at the Sandra Moore's Act. Look at the Dred Scott case. These cases are all relevant. Mm-hmm. And this and listen to this. Like you were saying about Congress, uh, don't you guys find it kind of abnormal that these congressional leaders have made it a career to be sitting over there in Congress 22 years, 24 years, um, and, and the people, you know, they don't listen to you. You can go over there to Congress all you want to, right? And what are they going to tell you? We don't have no jurisdiction over the states. They you know don't. why? You know why? Because they are de facto. If we yeah. know that the United States of America is a corporation which makes it a de facto government, then so is their Congress. So is their Senate. Let's take me back to a somebody sitting there for 22 years is because we're not, we not stepping up to the plate and claiming our seats. Those are our seats. My question is, it's time to have a Republican form of government. Well, you know, learning that, you know, words play a lot. So when you say Republican form, you're not saying that you should have a Republican government. You're saying that it should be some form similar maybe to a Republican, but not a Republican government. Yeah, you it's don't a want a Republican government. A government. You don't, right, you don't want a Republican government. Correct. It's re-public. You see, re, you're still calling yourself a public. That's how they try to fool you into thinking that being a Republican is something different from being a Democrat when they're really the same. You don't want to re-public this country because this is what's happening. You are the public right now with the U.S. birth certificate. All that birth certificate is is telling you that you are a bond. That's a slave bond. You're bonded. And and actually, um, what they don't tell you is that when they give you that certificate, not only are you bonded with that certificate, but you belong to a trust, the United States of America Trust Corporation. That's mm-hmm. what you are. When they throw you in there, the reason why you're called a corpus decedent is because when they mm-hmm. take that that information that you were alive, that birth, right, and they throw it into the trust, Now you become a trust asset, and I was telling you guys the last time, in trust law, when you become a trust asset, it's called a corpus. You become a thing, not a, not a, you're no longer a man or a woman or child. You become a thing. thing. Right. Yep. A paper soldier. Yep. You become a thing, meaning, what does that mean when you're a thing? You're a foot soldier. 
you're a debtor, you're a divisee, you are a um, you are a married wife, you're a father, a mother, a parent. They keep they give you all kinds of names. They can name the things. Only things can be named. But the one that your parents call you by, that is sacred. Because they co create together and they procreated you. You're their product. And you know the government, they call you a product too, a human resource. And when you know what happens when you can't work or you're injured and you were in the military, they call you human waste. You can't even imagine the names that they have for you. I found the word human the other day in um the statutes and it said um for you uh for use for human experimentation. And I put it on the dictionary human is a beast. Mm-hmm. In the law of dictionary, human is a beast. Yeah. So and in DC codes, you're called an animal. You're listed right there under the Department of Agriculture, DC codes as an animal. That's why you want to hold that birth certificate. You know, if it, I tell you, let things go slowly. Even Nini, Nini, who's the Indian, Lakota Indian, he's been telling you guys, you got to give back that birth certificate and that Social Security card. Yeah, you're going to lose your benefits, but you know what? You lose your benefits, you make them pay all the bills. Now you can really send them the bills. <clears throat> they're going to get mad because they're supposed to be paying your bills anyways. The reason why they're not paying your bills is because you're holding that certificate and that number, right? And they're making you be the trustee over that account so that you could just sign the little papers and they come and um, harass you and stuff and um, take it out. Remember, they're bankrupt. The states are bankrupt. Mm -hmm. They don't have no money. They don't have anything, people. Everything that we do, we create the money for them. That funding that they're using, the grants, it's all from us. Without us, they don't exist. So what would happen if everybody turned in their birth certificate? It would annihilate them. They can't operate without us. People are scared. Oh, my God, I need my license, and I need my picture ID, and I need this and that. Um. You're worried about not, if everybody would just give it back to them, you wouldn't have to worry about your identity. You know who you are. You're not going to stop being, let me just put you this way. When a judge ruled, like I said before, and she says, I terminate your parental rights, you're not, you, you, as of this day, you're no longer a mother. Does that mean that you're no longer a mother because she said so? It's funny. Do you stop being you because you don't have a piece of paper? Does that mean that, yeah, you can't have a baby no more because the judge says I terminate your parental rights or (laughs) I heard this one young dad tell me, oh, my God, my parental rights are terminated. Now I'm never, this is what he told me. I'm serious. I'm never going to be able to have children again. Oh, snap. They sterilize them from my skin, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. I about cried. I was like, I can't believe he said that. Uh, comment. Yeah. I'm going to be calling it quits with you guys. 
I'm on. Okay. Bed. I'm getting a little tired. Okay. Okay, good and good night, Boomer. Okay, give me a call after the program, if you will. I need to talk uh, to you about something. Call me in okay. the morning. Call me in the morning, Boomer. Well, okay, okay. Good night. Okay? All right. So if somebody tells you that without your birth, do you believe honestly that without your birth certificate, now you're no longer a man or a woman that you're going to dissolve? You're not a corporation. Only corporations can dissolve themselves. And then they reemerge again. And you know what happens when they reemerge? They get a brand new line of credit. You know why you don't get a brand new line of credit? Because you don't know how to reemerge yourself. <laughs> it's not over. And I tell people, if you gave up that birth certificate, you can just recreate yourself and recreate the way things are in this country and, and probably make it better. They would collapse. But they're not going to give up like that. They're not going to stop being who they are. What the, You think that just because you give back your birth certificate, let me ask you this question. You think because you give it back that your job will now stop making bridges and the water company is not going to be able to clean the water, um, that you don't, you're not going to be able to know how to get up in the morning and do your duties and your job because you don't have a birth certificate? Does that stop you from being who you are? If that worries you so much, then take your date of birth and write it into a book, a family covenant, and write it into a Bible if you want to. Whatever you have for your belief system, make your own book and write down every time someone has a baby in your family, you keep your own documented history of your family. That's what they used to do, people, before they made that birth certificate it, it was only in 1933 that they instated the birth certificate. You helped them along by giving them your fingerprints and your footprints, and um, and then you um, um, they give you a little serial number to tag you as you're a little calf or a cow, baby cow being born. They put a little tag on you by giving you that number. You have to give it back to them so that they can, you, you see, it's called redemption. They can't give you anything. You're saying, I want my, I want to get back and get into my trust. That was my estate. That was mine. They can't give it to you because you haven't given back to them what belongs to them. You have to render under Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And if you would give it back to them, um, then they would give you what belongs to you. They could be broke all they want to. They have, I don't know how many, God knows how many trust accounts they have there. They have these rules where they're not allowed to take more. You know, if you read uh, a little bit about um, Lincoln, didn't he give, what, wasn't it 6% interest? Um, for every uh, slave that was released. Um, anybody know that? What about that? Yep. Somewhere that was around 6%, 3 6%, right? This was a magic number, yep. Mm-hmm. And what they were saying here is for every slave released, those who released those slaves were going to receive a vested interest of 6%. In trust law today, 
the vested interest for us, for, for, for um, administering we the people here, is 5% reversionary interest. All of the rest of the funds, you know where they're going to? They're being distributed all over the world. You, and you're, and your, your money is sitting over there in a trust account. I hope you know that. Mm-hmm. You just go into that, um, go into that um, uh, child support enforcement. There's millions in there. Millions, I'm telling you. What did the lady tell me? Well, we haven't given it to the women and children because we can't find them. But now I know what she meant by that can't find you because you haven't turned in your birth certificate. You have to give it back. Keep a copy if you want. It makes you happy. Keep another copy. You order more than one. Keep one in your possession and give one back to them authenticated and sealed. Like I said, there's actually there's three of them. You know what? I, I was reading somewhere. Uh, I think there's actually seven of them. One is with the World Bank. One is with the IMF. One is with the Department of Commerce. One is with the county. One is with the hospital. And one is with um, the, the county seat. So that's six, I think I've, I've quoted there. And I bet you one is with the Vatican. So there's seven birth certificates. And I'm going to write, you know what I'll do tomorrow? I just read it today somewhere that there was, I was reading all the chain of command of how they passed the birth certificates forward. And I'll write them down so you can see. I would ask them for a copy if you want to from all over the world. Maybe they're waiting for all seven. I don't know. And when you give them all seven, maybe they release you. I know one, oh, and one, I know where one is. They collapsed it when you turn, before you turn seven. If you're a U.S. citizen, you have one in the courtroom that they collapsed. If they didn't find you, they collapsed it. And you have to redeem yourself. It's, not, it's more than just religious teachings. They're operating under this Bible, this King James Bible, and they're telling you about re, be, rebirth, reborn. You don't want to be reborn into slavery. You know, redeem yourselves, and that is when you can receive the gift. You can't get the gift because you're holding on to imperfect gifts. You have a certificate in your hand, right, that anybody can possess it. That doesn't mean that it belongs to you. You have to claim it. Same thing with the Social Security card. You haven't claimed it as yours. They just... Mail it on the general mail team, general order 100, everything general, general hospital, general entry. Look at general jurisdiction of the court. Everything dealing with the public is general. When you give it back, you become special. Everything becomes special jurisdiction. Special, you have special rights. And they're not rights per se, those special rights that I'm talking about, they're they're basically you want to be sovereign and you want to be treated like a sovereign, then you have to give back all that stuff that they gave you because while you're holding on to those things you're you're a slave. 
you're you're holding a bond that says I'm a slave. And when you give it, every time you present your ID, your licenses, don't look at it this way. All those licenses, you're telling people you're a slave. Mm-hmm. Look, I got my permission. I can go fishing. Look, I got my permission. They allow me to marry her. Look, the state gave me a certificate so I can take care of my own baby. That is your greatest sin, is that you're allowing someone else to determine your whole entire life. We don't even have to speak biblically on this. If I ask you, well, in order for you to be able to come over here to this party, I need you to have a license, otherwise you are not coming in over here. You're not allowed here. You're not welcome here. What they're telling you is that you're not welcome here. And you know what? They tried to tell me that crap the other day because I've always waited for that. But I, I heard it the other day. You know what they told me? That if I didn't like it, because I told them I, I wanted a, um, a not-for-hire tag, and they were telling me that the state of Texas is not going to give it to me no matter what I do. And if I didn't like it, I could go and move elsewhere. That's how bad it's getting that they tell you if you don't like it, go move somewhere else. If I don't like it, I'm just not going to pay you any more taxes so you can go away. Then I will like it again because I'm not going to continue putting food on your table so you can tell me that I don't have no rights. Because that's what we're doing. We're putting food on the table of these federal and county employees and city employees so that they can tell us that we don't have no rights at all and they're going to hand you their charter. Well, here, we own you. Yeah, you actually hired us so we can tell you what to do. Well, if anybody has anything else to say, I'm going to um, wrap it up. If not, when you say give back... Uh, your birth certificate and social. You're talking about what they call it, what they're calling the usufruct. Um, what I'm telling, what I'm talking about. Hold on, one second. Make sure my phone ain't dying here. Hold on, let me take some of this out. Uh, I'm trying to see how much. Okay. What I mean by that is you take the birth certificate, right, and your Social Security card, you got to get an authenticated. You know, um, you order, you have to order the um, Social Security card. The original application, they'll give you a book copy that your mom or dad created for you or the hospital. Mm-hmm. And you get an authenticated copy of that with the birth certificate, and you know that there are three of them all together. I'll, I'll just say get all three, and you're just going to have to write up something because a lot of people, they can't afford to become private because um, it, it costs a pretty penny. I am. I, you know, I, I had to do what I had to do to become private. But yeah, I'm private you need all well. three of your birth certificates. Yeah, one from the county. Yeah, one from, um, you know, if, if somebody tells you, I'll say it again, that you cannot get your sealed birth certificate or that it's sealed, then you're going to have to tell them to give you the court case number where your birth certificate was sealed, okay? Some people have their birth certificate sealed. 
and you got to get a copy of that. And then you get the county one, which is what I told you is the blue one, okay? The blue one oh. is the money one. That's the bonded one. The, the other colored one, it'll usually be whiter green, whiter green. Most of the time I've, I've not seen any other color but whiter green. That's your mother's side. That's the church. Then you get the blue one. That's, you get them authenticated, the father's side. It's blue. And then you have another one, and some, sometimes they'll tell you that it's sealed. Sometimes it's not. That's the, that's the certificate of live birth where they write the whole data about you. It's a long form. You just tell them certificate of live birth. The book copy. Book copy means what they inscribed into a book when they registered you. That's another one. That's the one I'm, that's not the same as the one by the health department. The health department has one called the book copy. If they don't give it to you, the book copy, it's because it's sealed. And if they seal it, you get a court case number, and then you go to the courthouse where they sealed it, or you order it. I didn't have to go in. I ordered it. I gave them the case number. They sent me the microfiche where it's sealed. It'll tell you at this age, you know, your birth certificate was sealed or whatever it's going to write. It's going to tell you whatever happened that day, and they seal it. You need that one. Then you need to get, you know, you write to the Social Security Administration headquarters. I think they're in Baltimore, Maryland. And you tell them you want your Social Security application, right? Um, the very mm-hmm. first one that was signed, you know, that was ordered by either your parents or the hospital. And you ask for them to give you an authenticated copy. And it's like $50. You need that. These are, these are, they have to be authenticated so they can't be challenged. Anything authenticated cannot be challenged. Not in the right. hospital. Yeah. You need it authenticated. Yeah. Right. Then you get a, okay, at first, because you don't know who's going to accept it yet. You're going to make copies and you get an attestation or something certifying that this document is a true, a copy of the true original. Yeah. You're going to take copies of all your yeah. sealed documents and you write to the um, attorney general and your governor. And why do you send it to them? Because remember, I'm telling you, the states are the ones in power here. Each state is its own little nation. So you send one to your birth nation, your birth nation state, and you send one to the governor of wherever you're standing, and you're going to tell them, I'm a non-resident, non-domiciled, um, you know, uh, uh, or you can say I am, I am a native, whatever state you were born in, of the 50 state of the union, and um, I, uh, I come before you now to declare that I am live, transient, you know, always moving, you know, like you're telling them you're alive, and that you give them 30 days to rebut these facts. Otherwise, you're telling them I, I, I present you these items to redeem them, right, Social Security and everything, and this is uh, an act of redemption, for forgiveness of all debts, remove, to remove all abeyances, to convey all titles restored to me, all lands, um, and my home, whatever was taken from you, you put it on this letter, right, to the governor and attorney general of the state where you stand and the state of your birth, okay? And you got to do this because you're trying to give them something back. 
And you'll say, if you require the originals, then, you know, you shall provide them to them. But if you want, just make two copies of each document, you know, originals. Get two originals and keep one for your records if you want to keep them. But you have to give them those documents back and you tell them this is in order. These I, I give you these documents to um, as an act to rescind all debts and all contracts and all of anything that was ever made under this number and this name, you know, I rescind all contracts as they were made without my um, uh, knowledge and consent in and for consideration. Um, as, as, you know, like ignorance is no excuse for the law, you know, therefore mm -hmm. I give you all these documents back. And, um, you know, you're letting them know you're alive, you're giving it back to them, and that you require that they reinstate, as per the 1933 HDR-192 that they put into effect, that they now restore to you the, you know, um, the remedy and the relief. Yeah, the that basic credit that's applied to the, that's right. to the uh, authentication process. Mm -hmm. And then... You give them, you don't even get, you give them 30 days to answer and rebut everything that you've told them here. See, because you're doing an act of release and, a bit, and say, if you require that I provide you the originals in order to rescind all, all that has been done to damage me and my character and my good name, then um, I shall provide those to you um, by registered mail. You got to make them sign for it. But they want the original. But you keep, if you want to keep a copy for yourself, then you do that so that, you know, you can make another, you know, you just get another birth certificate before you start relinquishing everything to them. And you got to do it for the Social Security, everything. You just give it to the head honcho of the, of the state and you tell them. This notice is to be given to all the agencies who work through you, Department of Commerce. You, you give them all the names. They're responsible for it. They're, you know what? If they're probating you, right, that means you're asking them permission for everything. And they're the ones who get your entitlements. And they're the ones who are getting the funding for you every month. Then you go to them and you tell them, now I order you to do this. Take power of attorney over that estate. I've, I've given you guys the POA me on the, on the wall, and you order them to do that. And if everybody would do that, um, what are they going to do now? Oh, I would even, and if you don't have time, well, I, I recommend you give your voter's registration back to the um, supervisor of elections, though, um, for your local area, because, you know, you're not really far off from the um, local place of your um, voting precinct. So that shouldn't take but one day for her to get that or him, whoever's in charge. But if everybody did that, they have to release the funds that are in the trust. You're coming in peacefully. You're not at war with them. And they're just holding, they're just holding that there as you're under the trust. And they don't want to tell you that they're the ones responsible for paying the bill but I believe that what they don't want to tell you is that they're responsible because you're holding on to that Social Security card and birth certificate, like for your use, right? Because when I gave them my papers, 
And I told them, no, I did. So, no, you're not getting any of my granddaughter's documents. I have power of attorney over her, and um, they told me to go away. And I went to the district, and I gave them the papers, and they did that 360. Well, yesterday they called me, and um, they were telling my granddaughter, too, um, you don't have to pay for your lunch anymore because um, I gave her money. I said, I don't want anything from these people. You know what? They're gonna they're gonna recognize that um, paperwork I gave them, or you know what? I'll take her right back out of school. So um, you know, yes, they let her in with no documents, no social security, no birth certificate, because no means no. And um, yesterday they told her you don't have to pay for your lunch either. Everything's to be provided to you. So tell your grandma she's not to give you any more money for lunch. Because why? Because people don't be afraid. I don't have money. If you think I have money, that would be the biggest lie in the world. I live the same way you guys do, paycheck to paycheck. But I'm taking that chance. I'm taking that chance for for everybody. I'm taking the chance for me, for you, for everybody. Um, Don't be afraid to do that bungee jump because... If everybody would do it, then they will respect you and bow down to you because, see, you would, you're, you're not a sovereign citizen. There's no such thing as that. You can't, there is no such thing. You're a citizen slave or you're going to be a sovereign man or woman or a sovereign creation, a child of God. You can't, you can't be both. That's what they laugh at. Oh, what is a sovereign citizen? No, I am a living human being. I'm alive individual, I can say whatever I can. I can't even begin to describe who I am. I tell them, you know what I am? I'm a moving party and you don't want to F around with me because you don't know what you're going to get out of me. You keep bugging the crap out of me. Leave me alone. All I'm telling you guys, don't be afraid. I'm going to go one step further. Here in the state of Georgia, um, part of the 1877 Constitution, um, one of the paragraphs in there talks about um, any special laws and consenting to those laws and being under legal disability, um, filing a constitutional challenge to the fact of any documents created from that birth certificate, including the birth certificate, because under a legal um legal disability to create any contracts at seconds old. Okay, can you explain that a little bit more now? Okay. I don't really, you know, like there's a lot of people that are listening that don't understand, you know, yeah, like legally, we know, what we know, I know what you're saying, but for the listeners, break it down to them in uh, layman's terms. Okay. Pursuant to the 1877 Georgia Constitution, it says in Article 1 of the Bill of Rights, Section 4, it says, Paragraph 1, laws of general nature shall be uniform operating throughout the state. No special law shall be enacted in any case for which uh, provisions have been made by any existing general law. So if there's a general law already on the books, they can't make a special law to supersede the general law. Um, and no general law affecting private rights 
shall be varied in any particular case by special legislation except with free consent in writing of all persons to be affected thereby. And no person under a legal disability to contract is capable of such consent. So meaning when you were seconds old and when they took your feet and placed them on that record card, the birth card or, or certificate of live birth, when they placed your footprints on that card creating that contract, you were not under any type of legal cognizance to be able to consent to that. You couldn't fight them. You were not knowledgeable of anything that they created. So in essence, anything created from the birth certificate, which was done without our consent, without our parents' consent, um, even though they might have signed it, it was still without full disclosure and without full knowledge, they created that, that contract. Unbeknownst to us, still under legal disability, okay, we took the birth certificate and we went and got a Social Security card. Our parents went and got a Social Security card. Uh, we went and took those two documents, and then we went and got a driver's license or ID or whatever. All of those are based off of the fruit of the poison tree, which is what? The birth certificate, which was done without our consent and under a legal disability because who, who at seconds old could, could, could understand what was occurring? In fact, whoever, whoever remembers when they were born. So what you do for, for us in Georgia, I'm going to use that as, as a guide for filing a constitutional challenge to any statutes and the Social Security number as well as the birth certificate that those were, they, they can't pertain to me because I was under a legal disability as well as what she's saying, package all that stuff up, get it authenticated, and send it the hell back to them. It's theirs. You know what I mean? Here, take it. Yeah, and you just make an extra copy for you. And, or buy two birth certificates. I have three of them. I'm waiting. Like I said, I gave it to the congressman. He didn't call me back. This is from Washington, D.C. Okay, that's the congressman. that I, He's supposed to be really the trustee over the estate, but he was so worried about saying I might sue them. That's why they didn't answer me. Because what they've done, okay, is so bad that they know that we could sue them. That was his whole, this whole conversation was based on, did I send that to them because that was with an intent to file suit. And I, I was like, oh, my God, this is what they're worried about is because my papers are so damning that I can sue them. Listen, but you, you know guys what? just don't know. What you have in your hands right there is, thank you, that, that document you're holding is, is not something to be excited about. It's telling you that you're a slave. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and this is what I think they don't understand. I know they, they retaliate with fear and violence. If uh -huh. they would just correct, like um, forgive us as we forgive those 
who try mm-hmm. to pass against us. If yeah. they would just get to a point of repentance, repent and correct the situation, yeah. it did, but they, they won't do it. Why? Because the, the eyes of man are number four. Greed, pride, yeah. lust. You know, they thrive on this, this monopoly. What's yeah. the purpose One person at the end of the game has all the damn money. And this is what this is. This is a freaking game to them. Yeah. And we as a people don't know how to operate in the game. Yeah, and they're and, and you know, um and they're oh yeah, and they're not gonna tell you how to operate either, okay? Because, like the lady told me from the passport agency, figure it out yourself. Figure it you know why? Because they don't want you in the game. So you know what? Like I said before, there's a line. They drew a line in the sand. It's an invisible line. And there's a giant glass between them and us. Okay? Get you a couple birth certificates. You already know that there's two of them, right? And you have a Social Security card that you haven't accepted. You have to accept them for value and return them. You have to release them. It's called the law of release. When you render under Caesar what belongs to Caesar, then you go back in and you um, claim it. You're going to say accept it for value, returning, you know, you're going to return it for offset. You're going to tell them, I'm returning this for offsetting, release of abeyances, release of um, title, release of claims that are put against you for all past. And you got to say A, B, and E, C, O, Nunk, Pro, Tunk. From the day you were born, you put uh, C-I-R, Sirta. Why? Because you don't know what time you were born. You know what I'm saying? And if everybody did this, you relinquish it. If you didn't have a Social Security number, right, how are they going to tax you now? Now you're just back to being on the land. See, when you accept these things, and the most important word here, people, registry. You register those children for school. They can't say you're dead. They're not saying you're dead now. And they own their child. Yeah, if you register your kid for school, right, they knew where your child was at. Here's the thing. That paper you're holding, it tells them that you're um, a slave. That's what it's saying. You're holding the paper where you go in there because you claim that paper. All you're doing is everywhere you stand, you're telling them that I'm your slave. I'm the one that's going to pay the price for this paper. Give it back to them and say, you need to be paying your debts here. Remember, they're the debtors. You're the credit of the nation. They switched it around because they're broke. And they're not really broke, okay? They just said they were broke. Remember, they stole all that gold and silver from you. And they stole your name. And they put their names on you. That's the mark of the beast. Yeah, the that's why you see the their name and the or whatever over your name. Hmm. Over your name, you'll see the state's name. That's proof alone that you're a slave. 
giving you a certificate with the state's name on it. You know what? The state's name, if, if you if you were really you, the state's name would be at the bottom of the paper. It would be at the bottom, and they should be giving you a blessing above it before they write their name saying, you know, that you're here to bless this earth with the fruit of your labor and, you know, the, the, um, you know, the state didn't even give you their blessing, okay? They just kidnapped you and, and put you in here as a slave. They gave you a slave paper. So you make several copies. You take um, your Social Security card that you get. The application, not the card itself. They're going to give you an application. It's going to be sealed with a red with a red seal, and um, you give it to them, right? A copy of it. Give them an, a certified attestation of the documents being a copy of the true original. And you tell them to put those documents and docket them back at port to the county of your birth. Right? You tell this to the um, uh, attorney general, or and you CC it to the secretary of state, and the CC it to the governor. And if you're in a different state, you give it to all three of them, where the state where you stand. And remember to tell them the same thing like you're saying. I'm in, I'm the age of majority now. Um, I'm returning these things back to you as a redemption. To you know, I want to release all abeyances all titles, all debts, to be forgiven. I want you to forgive all of that and release what belongs to me. As I have a vested interest here, and because these things were created, they may have been created under contract. However, there was non-disclosure on numerous transactions here that I am asking for debt forgiveness. How come they can give themselves Jubilee, but they don't give it to you? They keep selling your signature over and over and over, right, in the market. Like he said, those hedge funds, yet you don't get nothing from it. They use your name. You don't even get a penny of royalty out of it. And then they're going to claim that they don't have to give you anything. That's, that's a BS lie right there, okay? You're going to tell me that you took my name and stole it as I was a baby and that you don't owe me nothing? You owe me everything and, and then some because you lied. They used deception to get your information. Um, and even if they say that your mother was the informant and she signed you away, at a very vulnerable moment is when a mother gives birth. They took the most vulnerable time. She was exhausted, depleted of energy. They went in and tricked her into, into thinking that she was registering you into something um, worthy, and little did she realize they were conducting a hijacking. The same kind of hijacking they use on you when they pull you over, when you get served with a summons to come to court, when you get served with a foreclosure, they come as a shock. 
And no one's going to tell me that, what, maybe I'd say approximately 66 million people just decided not to pay their mortgages. This was all planned and well thought out. They took all the land back to the states again. You see, you see your house, you drive by, it'll be for sale again. Tell me that they don't know what they're doing here when I told you. Involuntary servitude? No, you don't have to be an involuntary servitude. They don't have to beat you. They just come in and steal everything right there from you and then to do an eviction on you and throw all your stuff out to the streets. That is more damaging than them coming to uh, beat and, and, and shoot you is take all your property while you're at work and your kids are at school and you come home and you find the whole thing out in the, in the street. They destroy your marriage. You go in for a simple divorce, they got you in there for 15 years. Robbing and pillaging your bond account because, you, as you see, unless you both get a lawyer, they're sitting in here charging you forever. I know, I've seen people in – one lady told me she was in divorce court for 15 years and they still wouldn't leave her alone. That isn't freedom. A municipal court is just a building that they come in and they come in to professionally rob and pillage you and claim that they're doing some kind of civil process and they're not. They're using a civil torture. That's like a civil torture chamber in there. Family court, same process. Go in, don't speak, sit down, shut up. Don't say a word. You're in contempt. I'm not telling people today to take action against the courthouse. I'm asking for something really big here, and that is, it's like, give back their stuff so that they can leave you alone. Even though you hold a copy of the true um, Social Security card, and you make a couple of copies, or not copies, like making them, you're going to hold the original documents and you're going to offer them back to the state. Give them an official attestation of your authenticated documents and tell them that you're submitting them for release, that you're holding them in your possession, your true originals, right? And if it's required, that you have to submit the true, you know, the true originals that you will, but only upon their request, and that they have 30 days to rebut your request. That means they have to tell you no, that they're not going to release those abeyances and those titles, and they're not going to release you as a slave bond and let you be executor over your own estate. That's what you're going to tell them. I want to have executorship over my own estate. I don't need you guys to administer me no more because you've misappropriated your, um, you know, you've abused your status as trustees. You know, you've not done your job. You know, you're, you're pillaging the account. And for that reason, you're taking over. Let them tell you no. Then you're going to know that the real, they'll be really admitting that you're under bondage and slavery. 
So if anybody has anything else to say, I'm going to bring this to a closing tonight. I know this is a really big step. Don't forget the voters' registration to rescind the contract, including, you tell them, rescind means you are no longer allowed to use my signature nor my data as of this day forward for any purpose, uh, for any political purposes. You're rescinding it because you're not going to be engaged with them politically. Okay, and then that Great anybody show. has any comments? Okay. Great show. I appreciate the work and the effort and the study research you put in for. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you and for the effort. I apologize that my um my little buddies here were not on tonight. But um I'm sure that uh Southern's trying to get his phone fixed. He was on there, he was listening earlier, but as soon as he gets the phone fixed he can come back on and help. Um, don't forget, people, what the goals are here. Um, they are big. They're, these goals are very big. And I know they Did we lose her? I think we did. Yeah, yeah I think she meant, oh, my God. Yeah. All right, well, well good night. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Good night.
all these cops here.
created to prevent that law. You can't make a law where one has been created 